the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's hump day. It's middle of the weekday, and we, of course, are closer to Friday than we were on uh, Monday. That's always a good thing. A lot of stuff going on right now. The uh, the caravan is moving towards the U.S. border. The president has warned them now they'll be stopped at the border. The vice president has been warning them they'll stop them at the border. So uh, we will see what's going to happen What with with that all, uh, you know, building uh, south of the border right now. I've been trying to uh, follow up on a, a story uh, from yesterday, and I can't find it right now. And uh, that's talking about uh, the debt and that it's, uh, it's, it keeps moving, you know, going up. Uh, things are going good with the economy. I'm uh, looking at uh, some stories that's been going on. United States Steel uh, is saying their workers are set to get the biggest wage jump in at least six years under a new deal negotiated with the company, providing early signs that gains from U.S. President Donald Trump's clampdown on foreign imports are trickling down into uh, our manufacturing side of our economy. The agreement reached Monday proposes a cumulative 14, 14% wage increase over a four-year period. You know, that that's good, man. I mean, you're talking, you know, a little over 4% per year. That's very, very good. Wages were frozen in the last contract, which ended on September 1st, as the Pittsburgh-based company was suffering losses from a slump in the domestic steel prices. The 2012-2015 agreement raised wages by an average of about 1.5% per year over three years. Trump's restrictive trade policy, coupled with a strong economy, has sent domestic steel prices soaring, helping U.S. Steel post a near 60% increase in pre-tax profits in the June quarter. The deal, which needs to be ratified by about 16,000 workers across the country, comes days after U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross called steelmakers to share the profits from high steel prices with their workers. It comes at a time when U.S. wages are growing at the fastest price in more than nine years. That means that we don't even get to count Obama's presidency for wages. That wages sucked during the eight years of uh, Obama. New contract also proposes a lump sum bonus and a share in the company's profits. Uh, sources are saying that to discuss because uh, they're not supposed to be discussing the deal. The workers will retain health care benefits from the last contract, which did not require them to even pay a premium. Think about that for a moment. How would you like to work somewhere 
and uh, your health care was paid for you. You don't have to pay any premiums whatsoever. That's pretty good to be a steel worker right now. Very, very good. Scott Craner, a union official in Gary, uh, said on Monday that higher health care costs would have effectively wiped out any pay increase proposed by the company. He said affordable health care and no premiums were among the reasons why workers preferred to work at U.S. Steel despite some of the lower wages. So, I mean, if you, let's say you got a 14% increase, but your premiums were going up 26%, then you're losing money. You know, you're not making anything. You're losing uh, what ends up happening here is you don't pay premiums and you get a 14% increase. That's a pretty good deal, just to say. That's a, that's a pretty doggone uh, good deal. Story came out yesterday. I didn't get to talk about it. It came out yesterday towards the end of the day. Uh, Dow Jones is a news corp company, just to let you know, the con- and, and have put out a story saying this. The U.S. is back on top as the most competitive country in the world, regaining the number one spot for the first time since 2008. 2008, hmm? Can we add, uh, see, 8 and 8? That would mean that we fell out of that position during whose presidency? Hmm. Yeah, see, this this is what you got to come to grips with. This president has done exactly what he said that he wanted to do. Now, what does that mean that he wants to do even more? Well, uh McConnell is, you know, feeling, uh, well, he's he's concerned about uh, the uh, the debt. Doesn't like to see what's going on about that uh, happening. Well, with that in mind, uh, President Trump has said, hey, look, we built the military back up. We had to do that because Obama had, had uh, hollowed it out. And he did, Obama did the same thing that Carter did. Made it look good on the outside, but there weren't nothing inside. It's like eating a donut. Unless there's filling in the middle of it, it ain't nothing but air. And there was a whole lot of air in the military. I mean, I've I've been noticing that the uh, the training flights at uh, Little Rock Air Force Base, the C-130Js, uh, there's two and three of them in flights. Have you had anybody else but me notice that in the last several years, it's only been one plane flying around most of the time? They cut back on, on training. There's probably no doubt about that. Uh, we know that they were having problems getting parts. We know that uh, in other uh, at other Air Force bases, uh, you had a problem where you, you were actually uh, cannibalizing planes so that you would have parts for other planes. Crazy stuff. I mean, just crazy stuff. And then you're supposed to be ready to defend the nation, and that wasn't the case. So the the president, uh, I think it was like 800, was it $800 billion they came up with this year and about the same coming next year to get it back to, to where it should be? Uh, let me, and I can hear the people say, why are we spending all that money on the military? Let's talk about reality here. 70% 
of what we spend in taxpayers' money, business taxes, and all the rest that we gather and bring in to the federal government to be spent are spent on three programs. Grab a microphone there for a moment, uh, Zach. Where do you think we spend all of our money, basically? 70% of it. For instance, when you talk about Arkansas's budget, over 60% spent on education. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. But over 60% is spent on education. That's why you should be looking at your schools and going, what kind of education are my kids getting? It's like, uh, duh, there's a problem here. But uh, three programs take up seven, a little over 70% of the federal budget. Do you know what those three programs are? Take a guess. Hmm. I mean, education is definitely one of them I was thinking of, but I can't think of two others. Okay, so education, right? You have nothing else that you can think of? You know, mil- military agriculture, any of the other things that might be out there? But see, when you say military, I'm thinking that that's the other 30% or the smaller percentage okay. you know, mm-hmm, that right. you were thinking of okay. to, to prove your point. All right, here it is. Here's the three programs that suck up 70% of our taxes, but no matter if they're coming from individuals, corporations, or where else. Medicaid. Medicare, Social Security. Mm. Those are the three programs that use up just a little over 70%, 70 cents of every dollar being collected, and you listen to the left, and we're still not spending enough. You know, look how much we spend on the military. Well, look how much we spend on Medicare, Medicaid, and and Social Security. It's an it's an insane amount of money. I mean, we're talking about you know, um, you know, food stamps. Oh, excuse me, uh, it's not food stamps anymore. What do they call it? They got a different SNAP. You know, for SNAP. Yeah, you got to say SNAP. You change whenever you know that you're spending too much money somewhere. And you want people not to pay any attention to it, you change the name so yeah. they don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. So, you know, the the SNAP programs, uh, when you're talking about Section 8 housing, when you're talking, well, when you're talking about any of that stuff, I mean, they, they tell us we got too many poor people in America. Poor people compared to what? Poor people compared to what? You know, the, the top 1%, that top 1% pays most of the, the baggage that we're talking about right now. So, anyway, the president is getting ready to, to talk about cutting government, something that we don't talk about nearly enough here in the state of Arkansas. I mean, I, I was two years ago, you know, broadcasting from the Capitol, and I had Charlie Collins on. And I looked at him and said, you know, I think we could cut 10% of the state budget. I'd have to worry about it. I, I, I mean, I 
can tell you, I, I think David Crow was probably there that day, and uh, Paul Calvert, I think, was there. there. And you would have thought he was going to have apoplexy, that he was going to have a heart attack right there in front of me, as though I was talking absolute insanity. And uh, you you can't cut 10% state government. Well, of course you can. You can do whatever you want. You just make the necessary uh, changes. Well, the president is talking about calling in all of his secretaries uh, that he has, you know, his secretary of uh, education, secretary of of uh, marijuana. And I'm, that's a joke. Uh, and all the rest of the different departments. And here's what he wants to talk to them about. Cut number one. Some talk after the midterms about spending being reined in up on the Hill. I'm curious, is there any programs that you'd like to see? Kind well, of I will tell you that I'm having a cabinet meeting in a little while, and we're going to ask every secretary to cut 5% for next year. And last year, first year, I had to do something with the military. The military was falling apart. It was depleted. It was in very bad shape. And that's why we, we went for two years, $700 billion, $716 billion. And that took place over a period of two years. We have repurchased and purchased jets, uh, missiles, rockets, all forms of military equipment, ships, submarines. We've rebuilt and are in the process of rebuilding our military to a level that has never been before. I had to do that in order to get the 700 and the 716 billion dollars. Those numbers have never been heard of before. I had to give the Democrats, I call it waste money, things that I would never have approved. But we had to do that in order to get the votes because we don't have enough Republican votes to do this without them. So when you look at the border, how bad it is, that's because the Democrats want it to be bad because they don't give us the votes. That's why I hope we do very well in the midterm. But we're going to be asking for a 5% cut from every secretary today. Okay, we're going to see you at the cabinet meeting because you're coming in for a couple of minutes so we can discuss it at length. And I just want to talk to these great folks and wish them best wishes. They've done a fantastic job, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so you got the president saying they're going to ask, he's going to ask all the secretaries of all the departments to cut 5%. That's a pretty good chunk of money. So we'll have to see how it works out in the end. 30% of all the tax money collected that goes to those different departments, are uh, that's, that's where they're going. 70% to three programs, uh, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Well, the president went on talking about uh, the economy and somebody, he was talking, I think Varney, he was talking to Varney from Fox News, and I'll play this and then we got to get a break in, but Varney was saying how tough it was to get cuts in Washington, and uh, I got cut three here, and here's what the president was saying. After the midterms, or is this a run-up to the midterms? Probably not. No, this is just for the midterms. We want to win. We want to get the Republicans nominated, and uh, we want to get them elected. We need Republicans. You know, they talk about majority. We have a majority of this much. Uh, I always say if somebody has a cold, just a minor cold, we no longer have a majority. So we need Republicans. 
And we'll have tremendous border security when we do that. We'll have, we'll continue with the tax cuts because we have other tax cuts planned. We're going to do a lot of cutting of the budget also, by the way, which I know is going to make you happy, but we're going to do a lot of cutting. You're going to cut some spending? We are. We're going to cut spending, absolutely. And, and we had to do... Order, Mr. President. It's not as tough as you think. And frankly, there's a lot of fat in there, but we had to get the military done last time. You know, President Obama let it go and i could say beyond president obama the military was in terrible shape now we got 700 billion approved and we got 716 billion two years and our military is rebuilding like it's never been it really never happened before we got a raise for the people they haven't had a raise in 11 years we got a raise for the great people in the military and you know we're doing a lot of things a lot of great things but now I'm going to also do some cutting of the budget because there is a lot of fat. In order to get that 717, 716 billion, we had to give up things to the Democrats that I hated to give up that you wouldn't have liked, but I had to. But we had to rebuild the military. I liked what he said. I called it waste money that I gave to the Democrats because Democrats don't know a dollar they don't like that they can buy votes with. I mean, that's what they that's what they do. They they make more programs giving money to to uh, people who don't want to work and things of that nature. So anyway, bottom line, president is looking to make cuts in the budget. We'll have to keep our eyes open, see if we see that happen uh, over as we start talking towards the end of this year and talking about, uh, you know, years ahead. All right, right now we've got uh, about 26 after two. Let's get a break. we got to get in real quick. Then we'll have news at the bottom of the hour. It's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got the uh, news coming up here at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we'll talk about, oh, a little bit about Elizabeth Warren. want to get to that again today and how the Cherokee uh, Nation is not happy with her at all. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Wednesday edition Hump edition, we are closer to Saturday than we were on Monday edition. I went out for uh, lunch today and uh, decided that I hadn't had any Popeye's chicken in quite a while. So I went uh, up uh, University Avenue up by UALR and right across the street there they have a a Popeye. So I picked up some Popeye's chicken. was coming back and as I was coming back, I was coming up on the uh, intersection of uh, 12th and University and I thought... You know, I'm going to go drive past uh, Hortons and see how the construction's going because they're, you know, completely redoing uh, the business there. That's their original place that they started back in the 80s on 12th Street. And so I drove down uh, to Hortons, and, man, it's twice as big now. They're not done yet. They're working at it and look like they're working hard at it. But, and and by the way, they've got the big sign up so that you know there's they are open. All right, they are open, but really uh, is looking fantastic. That that uh, waiting room is going to be huge, and they got the the new air conditioning heating unit all set up and ready to go. So it looks like it's just a few weeks away from being finished. So it's going to be very very cool when it's all done be a great state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. And, you know, Hortons is continuing to in, improve their facilities uh, and expand. 
Right now, six locations, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, Searcy. I do know they have a couple of more in mind that they want to open up here in the near future. So whenever that happens, I'll make sure that I let you know. But if you ever find yourself in the position of uh, needing orthotics or prosthetics, I can't can't speak high enough uh, for Hortons. They're a fantastic uh, group fantastic family, and give you fantastic service. Horton's uh, Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of uh, support. i got to tell you, Newt Gingrich has been on fire lately. Some of the things he's been talking about, talking about how the, the modern American, I've said, I've said similar things that Newt has said uh, over the years that I've been on the radio here in Little Rock. For instance, I've mentioned uh, if you're a black voter and if you're voting for Democrats, uh, that literally you're voting for them to keep you on the plantation. It's a different-looking plantation, but it's a plantation uh, all the same. It's a plantation in that uh, they'll tell you, we're going to take good care of you we're going to give you everything that you need, uh, and you just won't have to worry about anything. Well, isn't that what the, the master used to say at uh, on the plantation? You know, yeah, you, you, you're not a slave. Well, you're, you're staying here, and we're taking good care of you. Well, that's uh, everybody knows that that wasn't true, and if you pay any attention, you know what the Democrats are saying isn't true what they're saying to you either if it was true then uh, you wouldn't be in the predicament that you are now so uh, newt was talking about it and uh, i get a cut that i want you to hear here's cut six all right newt 1968 um one of our mutual friends lee habib and i were talking the other day and my, one of the great guys in radio and one of my old, old friends. And he said, you see some of the parallels going on here? And it looks like they're going to move right to 1972 and nominate a far-left guy. Uh, of course, George McGovern, 1972. But before that, it was a buildup of lawlessness and sure. a lot of bile and hatred. I was actually with Lee in Des Moines last night. Oh, fun. Uh, look, <clears throat> the hard left, which, and is Craig now, Shirley also which is now much of the left, uh, is committed to believing that they have the right to bully you, to attack you, to trash you. Antifa has said publicly, which is a hard left group, that they intend to go and uh, destroy offices if they feel like it. And you just said in Portland, people being harassed while the police stood there watching. Uh, So people need to understand, the left today, the Democrats today, stand for breaking up The whole process, Abraham Lincoln said it brilliantly at Cooper Union when he said, you will rule or you will ruin, talking to southern slave owners. Well, the modern American left resembles those southern slave owners and their commitment to rule or ruin. And that's why you see them scratching at the Supreme Court door. Favorite image of the year. Yeah, my my goal is to ensure that for the next 40 years, the closest they get to a Supreme Court seat is scratching on the door. Well, don't you think this is a moment for Republicans? They united behind the Kavanaugh confirmation. Yes. And look at what happened. The country yep. was motivated, and they're excited. Look, this isn't fair. You know, we wish all the best to all these women, but it's not fair. Can't I, Basic principle of fairness. Look, I, 
I had a woman come up to me last night who said she'd been a Democrat. She's 75 years old. She had switched parties after Kavanaugh, and wow. every member of her family in four states had switched. And she said she was disgusted that this was no longer the party of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, well, again, we have a situation where America, in a midterm cycle, usually, you know, you see the party in power lose seats. There have been a few occasions on which, in which that did not happen. When was that? That's right. Well, it didn't, it didn't happen in 1934, didn't happen in 1998, didn't happen in 2002. I think this year we're going to gain seats in the Senate for sure. And I think the way the things are developing right now because of Kavanaugh and because people are disgusted with the Democratic Party and a little frightened by it, I think we may actually shock them in the House. There you go. I, I, I'm just telling you, I, I think I've been saying this for how long? I've been saying this since June that we'd hold the house. I still think we hold the house and I'm telling you we'll gain in the Senate three to five seats, maybe just four. I think we're going to gain Indiana, North Dakota, Missouri, and West Virginia. Those four I'm pretty, I'm almost completely committed to those four. High camp. She's, she knows she's dead in the water. And and uh, I think uh, when you look at uh, what's her name over there in uh, in Missouri, she's in trouble. Uh, you definitely need to be on my Facebook uh, to see the Veritas uh, uh, interviews that they have from McCaskill's uh, running uh, for their uh, for her her uh, her Senate seat where she's talking about when and her leadership are talking about we're not telling people what we really believe. We're telling them what we want them to believe so they'll vote for us. Because if we told them what we really wanted to do, they wouldn't vote for us. Seriously. If you don't believe me, go watch it. Facebook.com slash join, you know, up to Dave Ellswick show and keep up, keep look, keep, check it out. You need to check it out. Uh, see if I can get the folks from Veritas on to talk about it. They got them running like scared rabbits right now. They really do. Gingrich went on. He talked also about the border issue. Now, of course, you're familiar with what's going on in our southern border right now. Uh, it's a situation uh, going on right now where you got all these people from Central America coming up and they're coming up right through Mexico, and then they go, they think they're going to walk right across their borders. Now, I can tell you what I would do if I were the president. I'd put American military on our borders uh, and in the port of entries. No one from those groups would come across the border. I'd stop them all, and they'd stay in Mexico. See how Mexico likes it. Leave all those people there. You know what, what Mexico did? They'd, they'd round them all up and send them back is what they would do. It's exactly what they would do. So uh, bottom line, uh, I'm hoping the president uh, will put enough troops down there to stop all of this because you just can't let this kind of stuff keep happening. Let me, let me, well, here, let Newt talk about it because he uses – he uses a, uh, an illustration that I use all the time as well. Here's cut seven. Not the most important issue facing the country today in the eyes of the voters, economy and that. 
uh, one of the top two or three. And Donald Trump has always been ahead of everyone else on this issue, and now we have another scene of lawlessness coming sure. up through the uh, through Mexico, Honduras. Well, first of all, I think Kevin McCarthy has offered the best bill and committed to bring it up in December to really do whatever it takes to strengthen the border. But let me just make one key point about all this. This is insanity. No country, imagine it was your home, and people down the street said, you know, I like your home. I think I'm going to come and claim I need refuge. And 6,000 people show up to your home and say, I really hope you'll take care of me. It's crazy. And we ought to adopt a policy that says to the Mexicans, nobody's crossing the border. So if you don't want to stop them coming in from Honduras, they're going to be in Mexico. And I would do whatever it takes to control the border. Period. End of story. Well, Congress has to act. They have to change the asylum laws. They've been. I mean, I'm glad McCarthy's, uh, you know, come along to the uh, gospel here. Necessarily work if you actually control the border because they don't enter U.S. space. But they can walk into through a port of entry and claim asylum under current law. They have to. We have to change that whole process. I'm I'm for changing that, but I'm also for saying at the ports of entry, if necessary, if Mexico won't cooperate in stopping these people, it'll be amazingly difficult for anything to get through the ports of entry. That'll get their attention pretty quick. Yeah, in about three days. Yeah, <laughs> three days. Well, anyway, but you agree this is a big issue and it's a big China, opportunity it's, it's, for Republicans. It's the fate of the United States. You open this country, I've galloped at a world survey, 165 million people would like to come to the U.S. Yeah. You couldn't possibly absorb that. Even left-wing cuckoos can't believe America- <laughs> Even left-wing cuckoos. Yeah, Gallup did that poll back in 2015, I believe, that uh, they asked people in other countries, would, you know, if you could, would you go to the United States? Yes, I want to live in the United States. Because they know where the best place on earth is, and it is right here amongst these 50 states. 165 million people. 165 million people would like to come to the United States. And and Newt's right. We can't absorb that many people. It is not possible. Even the craziest on the left knows that. Well, they may know it, but they'd still try to do it probably. So uh, it's going to be something to to be watching. I've got some information here. Let me uh, get to the story real quick, bring you up to date on it. They say there's 4,000 people now in this uh, caravan that's coming towards the United States. They're fleeing Honduras. Uh, The Mexican government has sent an additional 500 federal police to their border with Guatemala in anticipation of their arrival. That, according to U.S. government documents, part of the caravan, which is split into two groups, is now approaching the Mexico Guatemala border amidst a surge in border crossings on the U.S.-Mexico border. In September, U.S. Border Patrol agents apprehended more. Are you ready for this? They apprehended more than 41,400 illegals. That's up from 37,000 in August. When you put those two numbers together, you're you're approaching 100,000 people. That's almost as many people that as live in Little Rock, okay? Um, according to numbers not yet released publicly. Uh, the Washington Post reported 
uh, yesterday, or okay, yeah, today, that the numbers of families and children traveling on their own surged to record levels in September. Shelters and churches along the border have been flooded as a result of the surge as U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents have been releasing hundreds of migrants from detention at a time. Most of the, uh, many of the Hondurans traveling in the caravan are children, some traveling with their parents, some without their parents, according to documents that NBC has come up with, because children are afforded special protections in the U.S. Their arrival is creating anxiety, of course, to the Trump administration that has pledged to decrease illegal immigration. What do we do, folks? Got to ask you that question. What do we do? When parents are just sending their uh, kids across the border with people they may know or don't know uh, by themselves because they know, you know, that we are a compassionate nation and that you all are sitting and watching television at night and you go, well, you can't turn back that little boy or that little girl. If you don't turn back some of them, then you might as well just get ready to accept all of them. It's the way it works. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we've got 10 minutes till 3. Quick break, come back, finish up this hour in just a moment. All right, so back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show and uh, this whole caravan that's uh, coming up again from Honduras, 4,000 people. Trump having uh, the administration having some anxiety because they've got Again, parents who are uh, sending their kids up without their parents, uh, maybe with a coyote or whatever, and uh, they know that if you see these kids on TV, the American citizens who are compassionate and stop thinking with their brain when their heart tells them you need to, you know, you got to do something about these kids. Problem is, if you're going to let some of the kids in, you got to let all the kids in. And if you let all of these kids in, then this is just going to perpetuate this happening over and then over again. That's why, uh, because children are afforded special protections in the U.S., their arrival is creating this anxiety. Uh, the president said last week that he would consider separating migrant families at the border once again after reversing his controversial zero-tolerance policy in June. U.S. Customs and Border Protection is tracking the caravan as the Hondurans make their way north towards the U.S. border. Meanwhile, the State Department is attempting to stave off that possibility by compelling the Mexican government to stop them at their border with Guatemala. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo going to be traveling to Mexico to meet with his counterparts on Friday, where plans to stop the caravan will be a prominent topic of discussion, according to senior State Department officials. Quote, I'm certain that there will be conversations in Mexico about how we can work together on this issue. We are certainly looking for concrete results and for solutions that will work for both countries. Now, Trump is also... Uh, threatened to cut off aid to Honduras and Guatemala if their governments do not stop uh, the caravan. It remains to be seen what pressure the U.S. will put on Mexico 
But a senior DHS official says border agents are hopeful State Department negotiations will significantly curb the numbers that finally reach the U.S. So that's a story you got to keep your eye on. I'm just telling you, sooner or later, you got to stop it. Because if you don't stop it, it continues. And, and I go back and remind you that in September, border agents on our southern border stopped nearly 42,000 illegals. 30, nearly 38,000 the month before that. Can I say that we got a problem going on at the border? It's been doing it for a long time, and until the Democrats get off their asses and help out on this, it's going to continue. That's why you should vote every Democrat out of office. I'm just telling you. If you're going to vote for Clark Tucker, you're stupid, and I, I won't back down from that. You're just plain stupid. You're giving the enemy, as far as I'm concerned, another soldier. All right, take a break. Come back. I'm going to talk about Chile in the next half hour, but we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, Elizabeth Warren in the following half hour. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we think uh, a little break from hardcore news right now to uh, news that you can use, of course, locally, especially if you're a connoisseur of chili. And uh, Jerry is here, Jerry Bragg is here, buddy of mine, and he wants to talk a little bit about a chili cook-off that's coming up what saturday yes saturday all mm-hmm. right tell everybody where it's going to be and introduce them to your buddy here and okay. here i just found out that he used to be a ranger yeah so uh of course you were a marine yep. so i always want to always remind my listeners that uh we want to thank them for their service and, and what they did while they while they served i was sitting here talking to our ranger buddy here and I was talking about uh, how what's going on now reminds me of 1972 when George McGovern was drafted by the Democrats to run for president against Richard Nixon and got his clock cleaned. And uh, I think he pretty close to losing every state. He may have held (laughs) on uh, to uh, Minnesota. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, he didn't do real well. We can put it that way. And uh, I was talking about how in uh, unemployment numbers, we're at the lowest they have been since 1969 right now. And I was a sophomore in high school, and he says, well, you you know where I was at that time, right, Dave? And he didn't have to say anything else because I knew exactly where he was because uh, at that moment in time in history here in this country, Vietnam War was going on. So I... I took a real big gamble. I wish I had odds <laughs> that I was going to be right like that when I I bought I buy my next uh, uh, Mega Million ticket ticket. But uh, yeah, I said you you were over in Vietnam. You were well. I didn't say that. I said you were over looking at the rice over there, weren't you? And you said, yeah, I was sixty. What was it? Sixty nine, seventy, seventy one. Sixty nine, seventy, seventy one. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, long time slogging through the patties over there, and that's. Was it a, a a good time in American history, nor for our military over there? Bad yeah. time, yeah, real bad time. Yeah. Was fighting an unpopular war and come back home unpopular. Yeah, yeah. That's anyhow. I, did, I 
you get me started. No, I'll, yeah, we don't want to get me started on that. <laughs> we'll be tracing another trail right now. Let's talk about chili. What shall we talk about? Chili? Chili's good. Everybody loves chili. Yeah. Well, most people should. Military love chili. Love yeah. chili. You know oh, what I yeah. got in a crock pot back at my house right now? Got a seven quart crock pot. Yeah, I got seven quarts of chili. There Cook, you go. Cooking on low or oh, tonight. Low and slow. Yes. Yeah. Low and slow. That's exactly right. It'd yeah. be really good by the time yeah. I get home. My, my wife put it together, so I give her credit. I do mine a little bit different. She followed my recipe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I use tomato juice. Yes. That's my stock. All yeah. right. And then I put about a half a can of, of water in with it. Put about four pounds of meat in it. Mm-hmm. Put a little onion in it. Yeah. And then just let it cook. Put, yeah. I use that... that uh, was a two alarm chili yep. fixings yep. to use oh, that, yes. and uh, because everybody in the house does not have the asbestos mouth that I have, <laughs> um, I don't make it as as uh, hot as mm-hmm. it could be made. But I already told my wife, just chop up a, an onion, and we bought a big bag of cheddar cheese because you got to mm-hmm. put cheddar That's cheese right. on top of it. Got to have cheddar. And bottom line is, I'll be ready to eat when I get home tonight. You look, and I walk in the door. Be just like walking in a movie theater. You smell that popcorn. You got to have popcorn. Yep. Walk in the door, smell that chili. Got to have some chili. That's right. And I got a big old bowl that I eat out of. Yep. Yep. So, is this a a competition as well? Well, again, uh, well, first and foremost, Dave, thank you so much for having us uh, back on the show. Yeah, it's a it's a chili cook off. It's going to be this Saturday uh, from four to eight. That's correct. And as far as the details, I'm going to let, first and foremost, let me introduce Dale to you. Dale Mulkey is our post commander of the newly formed and chartered uh, American Legion Post 28 in the, in the huge town of Alexander. Okay. And uh, there are going to be some prizes. And uh, we do have a special treat for those who want to come out and visit with us. Uh, our mascot is a 1902. Two, Oldsmobile. Wow. Uh, it's an award winner, and uh, our finance officer, uh, it's his his car, and he takes it to all the car shows around around the state. Uh, the present and past governor have had their pictures taken and sitting in it. Okay. And uh, we use it for parades and uh, events that, that we're going to hold and uh, things like that. But anyway, getting back to the chili cook-off, uh, Dale, if you wouldn't mind, would you tell the details as far as the you know the the aspects of the chili cook-off? Yes, I'll be glad to. We will arrive at the city park about three thirty to get ready to start setting up. We will officially open up at four o'clock. Okay. Uh, five from five and under is free. Five to twelve is five dollars. Okay. 12 and up is 10, but remember, this is all you can eat. Uh, we are accepting uh, on-site restoration for people that do want to compete. Okay. Uh, we're welcome, and this is open. This is an open invitation. Anybody can come that wants to come. And we have some extras, too. The ladies' auxiliary is going to have uh, a lot of baked goods there that they're going to sell. Because the, lady, the ladies' auxiliary is part of our post. Sure, and uh, so they're uh, needing to raise money for their uh, part of the Legion post there in Alexander. So there'll be some baked goods there as well as chili, and there's going to be lots and lots of chili. So if you like chili, 
please come out and see us. And, of course, any money that's raised uh, will be used not only for the post, but uh, in our last visit, you know, we did discuss a lot of different things that the Legion does here for the local community, too. So it's not just a matter of just raising money. It's not only uh, for the post, but for other things as well. All right. Well, that this is cool now. Can people call now and say they want to be part of this and, and get registered and ready to go, Dale? Yes, sir, they sure can. They can call me at area code 501-794-9037. Uh, like I said, this is a $10 entry fee for those who want to enter. That's the cheap. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that's cheap. All you can eat, yeah. Well, not only for all you can eat, to get into the competition, right? Well, it's that's $10. It's $10, yeah. that's all. Wow. I mean, that's cheap to get into the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're not only doing this for the Legion, but we're wanting to give our community some positive exposure because Alexander's a small community, but it's growing. We have people moving in constantly, uh, and we want people to see the good side of our city because, number one, I'm proud of it. And our mayor and city council, I cannot say enough for them because they have been over backward for its veterans. Yeah, and they've been really been behind the Legion, right? Yes, sir. They have been, they have been behind us one hundred percent since I approached the mayor about forming a new post in Alexander. They gave us the building that we're currently holding our meetings in, at no cost to us. The I mean, that and includes utilities as well. So that's that, yeah, that's, that's a lot. The whole <laughs> building. That, yeah, I mean that in itself is a lot, but they're also fixing to open up a new community center and. We're going to be able to move our meetings out there because it's bigger rooms, and they have two big meeting areas, full kitchen, and all of that is at our disposal. So, you know, as far as the city council being behind us, I can't say enough for them because they have really been there for us. They have, we have not asked them for anything that we have not got. So, you know, my like I said, Alexander's growing. It's going to keep growing. Uh, I like my community, and when I when we formed this post, we told them we was not only going to be involved with the Legion part of it, but we wanted to be involved in our local communities, and that's one of our main goals. Yeah. Okay. So, how many people you got? You think you got? Going we have. To uh, Dell and I were talking about this on the way up, and he says we're getting ready to get our twenty third member. Uh, what this week? Next? Yes. Next, this week um so that's really good yeah for only being what a month old now or a month old yeah i mean that's that's pretty remarkable 23 yeah, like one, members. one guy a day that's pretty good yeah that's not bad and uh to big piggyback on what he said about alexander uh where we're meeting right now is the old city hall yes and uh because they built a, a really nice larger much larger city hall uh a couple of years ago Anyway, he was telling me that uh, because at the Legion, uh, the meetings we have to have not only displaying the American flag, but we also display the POWMIA flag. Sure. And we also make mention uh, and remembrance of those who who are still missing, those who were uh, held captive uh, at each meeting and each gathering. So the city of Alexander is going to put up there's only there's one flagpole now for the for the American flag, but they're going to put up two additional two additional flagpoles so we no can fly the POW, POW MIA, MIA and also the the uh, the, the state, state flag. flag. 
The safe line. Yeah, okay. And once again, the city's doing this for us for free. For free. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I can't. There again, you can't say enough. Good things. Right. Because they have, they have really above been on, and, above and beyond, no doubt. Okay, now let's get back to the chili. Okay. <laughs> let's okay, let's get chili. back to the chili. Are there any rules that people should be aware of? Like I said, this is open to the community. You can bring your own ingredients. The only thing that we're going to assist that you not do is bring alcohol. Okay. Alcohol is forbidden. All right. Uh, no, 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 one fifty one and no chili. Okay. Okay. Other than that's wide open. Dale looks at me and says, "Yeah, yeah. he was in the military." Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this, we wanted to be family friendly. Family, family friendly. friendly. I, mean, I understand fun. that. And when you know, we like I say, we're a young post. We're growing, yeah. and we're still. We've had to learn to crawl before we can learn to walk. Right, and it's going to be held in the city park, so you know families are going to be there. So we want to make sure it is a family friendly uh, event. Now, that's not to say other events may not be that way. Right? <laughs> well, uh, well, you got to have military well, events. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know they tend to be more adult driven. Yes, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong at all. But uh, you know this is this is really cool. So I mean, there's I mean, if you want to put rattlesnake meat in your chili, that's okay, right? Well, now that's up to you. Some people might like it. Some people you, know, I, you do need to give a disclaimer though. You, you know? do have to do. You will have to do a disclaimer if you're using anything that Mother Nature provides. Okay, exotic, exotic. Okay, yeah. So if you're doing venison, you got to say you got deer meat in right. it. You got. Just a rattlesnake. Yes, you had, the, one of the things that we're going to ask if you're using yeah, possum, possum. <laughs> if you're going to be using squirrel, ingredients like squirrel. that, please let somebody know that you are, because they might not like it if they find out afterwards. Yeah, that's right. They might not. That's right. I knew that when I did the year I did rat chili. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Geez, yeah. <laughs> Got everybody's attention. Have to be very hungry for that. All right, stay tuned. We're going to come back. We've Got to get a break in. Uh, I was telling you about Sonny's auto uh, salvage yesterday because here in two weeks, uh, RD told me that they finally have come up with my Acadia transmission that I needed for my uh, 2010. And since I found it out yesterday, I said, we're going to do this. I said, I I can get the money within a week, get it ready to go, and uh, I'll have you guys do the work. I have to... How many days am I going to have to rent a car while you guys have a car? And he said, two, be on the safe side, do three, because once we put the, the transmission in, we're going to have to take the car somewhere and get it flashed so that, uh, you know, it's understood by the rest of the car that it's supposed to be there. So I'm looking forward to doing this. And the, it's, the uh, was it, uh, power converter or whatever in the front has been shuddering a little bit. Tells me it's got problems, and I'd much rather find out I got a really bad problem while I've got the car in my garage or at Sunny's than when I'm on the side of the road and dodging the drafts of passing semis. So uh, they're going to take good care of you. You can get this taken care of of any car you want because if Sunny's Auto Salvage doesn't have it, they're tied with thousands of other salvage yards all over the United States and Canada, and they can find the part that you're looking for and you can i'm getting a three-year parts and labor unlimited mileage warranty you can get the same on what you do i'm just 
you know, my car's got almost 300,000 miles on it. I expect in another three years it'll probably be close to 500,000. And at that point, I'll probably be looking towards, uh, you know, getting rid of that car and, and picking up a new one. Uh, and not a brand new one either. I just don't do that anymore. But if you have a car, it's got a lot of mileage on it. La- last thing you want to do is go out and buy brand new parts to put on uh, a very old car. And uh, you can go to Sonny's and save about 50% off of the parts that you're going to put on it. Get yourself a warranty and you don't have to worry for three years. And uh, drive it. And literally drive it into the ground. Drive the wheels off of it. All you got to do is give them a call. They'll help you out. RD will help you out. 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Now, here we go. Okay, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) We're sitting here watching Fox News, and they're uh, giving the Medal of Honor to John Canley. Is that his name? Uh Sergeant Major John Canley. Canley in the Battle of Way in Vietnam, and uh, a lot of the other troops that served with him are there as well. And uh, they're reading the citation. I can't can't play it for you right now. Wished I could. That's one of the cool things that I get to do every year in uh, the the Arkansas Military uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony. I'll be doing that. I think it's on the twenty fifth this year, mm-hmm. and then I'll be uh, down in Hot Springs doing that. And it's amazing some of the stuff that you read. <laughs> I mean, it really is amazing. All right. With that said, let's talk chili again. And I'll get, I'll get all misty-eyed here I hear you. talking about it. Let, let, let's, uh, again, this is, uh, uh, if you want to be in this, it only costs you 10 bucks to get involved. You can do it the day of. You can show up at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon at the city park. Is that yes, this is all correct. Down? Mm-hmm. City park. Okay. So. Do you have to fill out any kind of paperwork or anything? No. Okay, so you don't have to worry about if somebody gets food poisoning because you... you t- well, that's <laughs> going to be pretty well watched there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just joking with you folks. <laughs> All right, no cost for those five years of age and under. Uh, five till 12, was it, that you it's said? Five. It's five dollars. Okay, five bucks. Twelve and up is ten, but remember, this is all you can eat. All you can eat. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, Jerry would definitely be there. Yeah. You'll have, are you bringing your own bowl? Well, actually, I won a chili cook, uh, cook-off contest. A uh, previous employer, I won't name the name. All right. So I, I think I know how to make some chili. Yes, I will bring chili. Okay, so you're bringing chili. You're going to uh-huh. compete. Uh, yes. Okay. The Just, post commander shook his head yes. Yes, yes. okay. So you're bringing <laughs> somebody from the post will carry your chili since you can't because. That's right. You've, you've injured. I'm a wounded warrior. You're a wounded warrior right, right now. All right, here's the phone number to call so you can talk to Dale about getting into this. 501-794-9037. Is that right? That's correct, sir. Say it again. 501-794-9037. Starts at 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. goes to 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. and it's at the city park. Alexander yes. City Park. Okay. Mm-hmm. Easy enough to find. Yes. Uh, we'll there will be signs out. Directing you to the cook-off and to the city park. Okay, right. they're saying it the, looks like the weather's going to be nice, so you're going to have a decent day. It's going to rain on Friday, but it's going to be dry on, on Saturday. Saturday. That's the way it looks. That's what we're hoping for. Guys, glad to have you here today. Uh, to hope here. that it turns out really well for you, make some money, and uh, use it to reach out to the community. Exactly. 
Thank right. you so much, Dave. Appreciate Thanks, no it. Problem, Dave. Thanks for coming in. Let's take a break. Got news. Come back. Got to talk about Pocahontas. That's coming this way. Yeah, back with you. I'm just uh, confirming an interview coming up on Monday at uh, 2.35, and we're going to talk about um, how to get these governmental offices, you know, EPA and whatever, off our backs. So you'll be wanting to listen for that uh, second half hour, the first hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. They are offering uh, you a job. Uh, you know, you meet the requirements. You can go to work for PI Roofing. You like to work with your hands, like to work outside, uh, you know, like to do this kind of work, uh, prove that you know what you're doing. You can make up to $20 an hour. If you want a career with a leading company, well, PI Roofing and Home Solutions is expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. You can build your future with them. PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, uh, residential roofing and service division, and their home solutions division. So uh, make a difference. Make a difference for yourself and for PI Roofing. Climb your ladder to success with them. Apply at piroofing.com or call them, 501-707-3551. They're looking forward to uh, hearing uh, from you. Uh, that's always a good thing to be able to do. Is to, I'm just going to tell you, you know, Joel Johnson, who owns PI, PI Roofing, is a good man, and he runs a very good company. All right, so uh, Pocahontas thought, you know, she was going to try to kick off her 2020 run uh, for uh, president by uh, getting out that DNA test and and saying, see, I got, uh, I'm a Native American, blah, blah, blah. I had a friend that sent me a meme and it showed a picture of a uh, Toyota and uh, said this Toyota has one spark plug that's different than all the other spark plugs, and it's the only spark plug that was made in Japan, and it it was the only, and it's being facetious, and says it's the only foreign part in this car, this truck. But notice that the car is still painted white. And, and, And that's about the way it is for Elizabeth Warren. You understand that she is one-tenth of one percent Native American. One-tenth of one percent Native American. And uh, and she's, you know, trying to say how special now that makes her. Well, a descendant of Pocahontas took exception to that. And here's what they had to say about Senator Warren and, uh, you know, her uh, grasping at I'm Native American. Cut number five. I respect Senator Warren as a U.S. senator, Uh but I just wish she'd take the DNA test. And if she took the DNA test, then that would end a lot of this controversy. And if she was part American Indian, I'd be the first one to welcome her into our heritage. 
Well, that was one of Pocahontas' actual descendants, Debbie White Dove, on this program a year ago. That's how long we've been covering this farce. Well, Elizabeth Warren has taken a DNA test, though not from a universally recognized lab, and it reveals that she may have had a Native American ancestor, though that ancestor might not be from North America, and could be as many as 10 generations back. Now, that's so far back, it's not impossible that her most recent Native ancestor is literally Pocahontas, and that question made us think it could be time to speak to Debbie White Dove again. She rejoins us tonight. Debbie, it's great to see you tonight. Now, you've watched Elizabeth Warren once again put herself at the head of the hashtag MeSue movement and come out with this DNA test, which you called for. Now that we have the results, what's your response? Well, first of all, I'm so glad she ended up taking one. And yes. it did prove that she wasn't the Cherokee Indian that she's been claiming to be for so long. Well, so how did that make you feel as a de descendant of Pocahontas? I mean, does it, there, cultural appropriation is often in the news. Do you think she's guilty of it? Well, I think she's guilty of um, claiming she's been American Indian but had no proof, and then using it to, um, for applications, for college, for political reasons, and yeah. that was um, all wrong that she did that this whole time. When you see that Harvard Law School listed her as its first faculty member, female faculty member of color, when she clearly isn't, how do you feel? Well, I feel betrayed because um, she wasn't. She was using the name, uh, trying to be American Indian, you know, just to um, to rise above, and and it wasn't meant to be, and take the benefits away from the American Indians yes. that belong to them. And, and do you think that other Native Americans feel as you do? I do, I do. I think they feel betrayed, they feel disappointed, you know, and yeah. I think at this point she needs to come back and, and just and apologize to everybody for what she's done. Apologize. First faculty member of color. One-tenth of one percent. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We won't go very much further with that other to say that the blowback has been extreme on the senator. Definitely has been extreme on her. She probably hurt herself for 2020 much more than she helped herself. And believe me, there'll be a, there's going to be plenty of people that take that. Uh, and it won't, be, it won't be Republicans first. It's going to be Democrats that she's going to be running against to try to get the nomination of the Democrat Party. Uh, that She'll be attacked for that. That's going to happen. It's going to be part of it. Hey, Ted Cruz, who had been finding himself in a very tight race in Texas uh, with uh, Beto down there, uh, is starting to open up a uh, a lead now of about 9 or, or 10 points on him. One time it was down to about 3 points. It's now started to open up again. And as we get closer to the um, date that people will be casting their, their votes, November 6th, here in, in uh, Arkansas, it's October 22nd, 
is the first day of early voting. Today is the 17th. Five days? Wow. Going to be starting to vote. I guess that's what next. Is that next Monday or is it next Monday? Okay. So Monday you can start voting. Uh, And to me that's just crazy, but you're going to be able to vote. Just know that. And who knows what might happen in all that time before November 6th. I tend to wait until the day before or the day of, just the way that I've been. Are they going to give out special stickers again? You know, you get a gold star if you actually go to the polls and I vote it. You can stick it on your collar or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, Cruz was talking about the left uh, leaning uh, wings out there, and he's had his run-ins with them as far as you know, the group of uh, Antifa people at a restaurant, um, you know, got in the way of him and his wife while they were out to dinner. He talked a little bit about the the mobs and about them beating on the doors of the Supreme Court and whatnot. Here's what he had to say about the cut to. You are right that there there is a loss of civility. There is an anger. There is a rage on the far left that, that is really frightening. You know, the images... Uh, 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 hold on, let me answer with... Don't interrupt me, Jason. The images of, uh, of a left-wing mob beating on the doors of the Supreme Court. That's not good for our country. We can disagree while treating each other with respect, while treating each other with civility. Yeah, that was him in... Last night, last debate between him and Vito. And uh, I did not get to watch it. I talked to a couple of my buddies who did and said that Cruz hurt Vito bad. All that Vito could do was saying, well, you know, Trump called you lying, Ted, and it's stuck because that's what you do. That's not a real good thing to kind of hang your your uh, campaign on. All right, let's get a break here. We've got to get a final break this uh, half hour. Don't forget about uh, all the different ways that there are to claim your Social Security, about 567, 2,700 rules in the Social Security handbook. The Social Security Administration has been told by the, has been told by the federal government that they're actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. makes it very difficult on everybody. And uh, up to $10 billion a year in benefits go unclaimed in Social Security. Might be a reason for that when you can't get any help from the government. Learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. Comes from David Lucas, host of David Lucas Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. You can get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security. All you have to do is be one of the first 10 callers right now to call 501-653-6690. That way you don't leave tens of thousands of dollars on your retirement table. You get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. That number again, 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, let's move into the uh, final uh, 10 minutes of this hour. Uh, coming up in the next hour, Joe's going to be here, and so's Duck. We weren't expecting Duck back. He had a medical procedure, thought he wouldn't be back until a week from today, but says he feels good enough that he is back with us, and uh, he looked really good. He kind of peeked in here uh, through the control room, and he's looking really good, so we'll talk to him uh, in the next hour. I'm sure he'll 
have a story to tell us. Uh, he had uh, pretty serious procedure done, but needed to be done because he's having some problems with his heart with arrhythmia. So we'll talk to him about that uh, and what's going on. Well, you all know, I'm sure you've been following the news enough that you know that uh, this whole thing about uh, this guy that they're trying to pin his death on the Saudi Arabians and they don't have, they got a whole lot of conjecture and a whole lot of rumor, but they don't have a whole lot of facts. Um, and then uh, the uh, Turkish came out uh, with uh, some sound from the embassy. And you understand what the Turks did? They admitted that they bugged the Saudi Arabian embassy. I mean, do you, you do, everybody does understand that, right? Kind of interesting that that happened. Uh, but the thing that's been really interesting is, you know, Lord knows the media has tried to pin everything they can on President Trump. I mean, if your family dog was constipated, they would say Trump caused it. They really would. That's they're just absolutely uh, bonkers about that. And so I've got a montage for you of the media and the Democrats blaming Trump for the uh, Kasagi killing. That's right, blaming him for the killing. Here, listen, listen to this. This is cut eight. We've got a president that has already named journalists as being the enemy of the people. So don't be surprised when other countries take on a journalist, murder him, chop him into pieces, and dispose of him. Did Donald Trump, who has always been critical of the Washington Post, always been critical of his ownership, did anybody in the administration, did Jared Kushner, did they give uh, MBS sort of a nod and a wink to say it's okay. The president expressing concern that Jamal Khashoggi uh, is a um, is a reporter. He's a columnist, really, uh, and, a, and a critic of uh, the Saudi government. That stands in contrast with a message that the president has frequently sent to the American people and to his supporters that the media are the enemy of the people. How do you square those two? I wonder if you look at what's happened the last 12 days and you wonder if enemy of the people rhetoric not just from President Trump, but also then from other world leaders, has anything to do with this, anything at all. You say I can't compare the two. You say because this, uh, the president's uh, attack on journalists is because of an accurate and fake news reported. That's kind of the same excuse the Iranians use, the, Tur- the Turks use, the Chinese use, and the Saudis use, right? Their issue is that these people who we think of as journalists are reporting inaccurate and fake news about those governments. So you can see the connection I'm making, right? Uh, you have to ask why is this happening, and I do think it's happening in part because the United States is retreating from its traditional role as a leader in the world, standing up for democratic values and including freedom of expression. I remember vividly a train trip up on the Acela when I talked to a group for international, an international group to protect journalists who told me it was within months of Trump taking office that they saw the worldwide threats to journalists going up. And this is kind of the in the extreme what is happening now on in terms of human rights not only to journalists but in several hot spots around the world and, and let's face it we have a president of the United States who says journalists are the enemy of the state so uh, values like freedom of speech and dissent mm-hmm. uh, suddenly are very endangered around the world and, and that's a trend mm-hmm. line that I think is getting much worse uh, and, and so this vacuum of any advocacy 
for democratic values. I think it's putting people at risk. <sighs> yep, let's blame the president. It's all his fault. The way that the, the left works. If somebody takes a shot at the president, is this your fault? I mean, we've already had this discussion, haven't we? It was what the Democrats were saying on uh, the media and all of that, and then a group of Republican lawmakers were out practicing baseball and came under fire. I'd say that's a little closer than what they're trying to say came up with the president. The president has never said anything, I believe, that said that you have to be free of, uh, about freedom of expression. Now, you want, you want to sit down and talk about the left? We can talk about the left and freedom of uh, expression and how they've tried to to trample it underfoot. They're the ones that have attacked uh, the First Amendment in ways that are is, are just ridiculous. They're the ones that brought us, you know, safe spaces and all the rest of that crap. So yeah, I yeah, if there's any truth to it, it's just the pot calling the kettle black. What it comes down to. And uh, the whole thing about fake news is a lot of it's news that's published that is just that. It's fake news. I just I watched uh, uh, Shepard Smith today, the opening of his show, talking about this uh, guy being killed over in, in uh, I guess it was in Turkey. And they should have put, opinion up underneath of him that this was a an op-ed because until they went to the first reporter on the scene everything he said was his opinion that we weren't doing enough that uh, we needed to bring more pressure upon the president and on and on and on i mean shep you're supposed to be a reporter you're not a, um, you know, an opinion talker like I am. When people come here, they know what they're going to hear is they're going to hear my opinion. I will give you the truth as I'm seeing it being reported. And, uh, but it's always known that the Dave Ellswick show, get it? Dave Ellswick show is about me. Okay. And, and what I think uh, when you have uh, when Shepard Smith is sitting and he's an anchor, uh, it's not supposed to be an op-ed time, and uh, he he just broke through that wall all over the place today. It was really ridiculous. And CNN, I mean, look, they're taking it on the chin now. You know, they've been attacking the president ever since he uh, he took the oath of office, and. Uh, Last night we heard about Headline News is uh, going to lose like four or five of their uh, anchors. They're letting them go because they're get, they're going to get rid of a lot of their shows because they're just they're not making any money. People don't want to hear their crap anymore because it's it's biased. When you when you go look, I'm the first to admit a a reporter cannot be 100% unbiased. You're a human being. You're going to have some bias leak in, but not the way these people are doing. Andrea Mitchell and others, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. 
Bottom line, this president had nothing to do with getting that guy killed. All right, take a break. We're going to have uh, Joe and Duck on, and then uh, in the final hour, Grover Norquist will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, we get into the uh, 4 o'clock hour, and everybody knows that this is uh, prime drive time, so all the people want to be here that want to be heard. And I'm, I'm looking across the table, and Duck's here. He missed last week, and I thought he was going to miss this week because he had done uh, a medical procedure, and he's back. He just he couldn't miss two weeks in a row. Couldn't stay home no more. You're looking good, man. <laughs> I mean, you look – he looks really good, don't he, Joe? Yeah, he looks like he used to about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yep. look fantastic. I, I feel better than I have in over a year, so – no, that's fantastic. I'm a, and then I look through the uh, the the glass here over the control room. Zach been running the board, and lo and behold, Russ is here. He, he decided <laughs> to join the show during drive time. Thanks for coming back, bro. Glad to be back. Sorry, I've been out running around doing my operations engineer slash management duties. What you what you have for uh, lunch today? Chick fil A. Chick fil A. I yeah, went and had a spicy chicken deluxe sandwich, some waffle, waffle fries with a, a little bit of Chick-fil-A sauce, a Diet Coke, and uh, topped it all off with a chocolate chunk cookie because I was just that stinking hungry. hungry. Yeah, I had I had Popeye's today. You had what? Popeye. Popeye chicken. Did you go with Randy? No, I didn't, but he'd been there today because I saw his glass on his desk and it said Popeye. Man, you two heart patients are trying to go back to... Uh... <laughs> That's the first time I've had Popeye since, just about since I had my chest cracked open. Get him, Russ. You know, I had three pieces of Popeye oh, look, chicken. I ain't doing much better, Doug. I, had... I mean, I go to Chick-fil-A and get a fried chicken sandwich. I'm 35 pounds lighter, <laughs> so I'm doing good. Speak up a little bit. I'm 35, 35 pounds lighter. I'm doing pretty good. Bite me. <laughs> hey, they weighed me this morning. I'm 16 pounds lighter. Well, good for you. Feel better, don't you? I, I feel better from just being no tax. No attacks. I mean, yeah, your your heart's not racing. What? It, it would get up to, what, 160 beats a minute or something? Oh, like? I've seen it high as 209, two, 213, Man, 179, 183. I seen it, and I've got where you know they show me how to count them myself, and so, you know, I I could count them and take my phone out and punch the button and count them, but knock on wood, I ain't had one since last Monday. That's we could go fantastic. Monday. We could go Monday. That's fantastic. <coughs> That's nine nine days. Yep. Of just regular heart rate. Yep. What's your regular heart rate now? They checked it this morning. It was fifty nine. Wow. Blood pressure was one twenty over. 79 or 80, 81. good. See, I was I wouldn't tell you that I'd go deer hunting with you because I wasn't exactly sure if you're going to be ready to go deer hunting, but now I know you will, and I will that's, be going with you. That's one of the things I asked the doctor when she got all through checking me and everything, looked me all over, and I said, she said, all right, I'll see you in two months. She said, well, wait a minute. I got questions to ask. There you go. I said, I got two questions. I said, one of them, can I go to Las Vegas? to our seminar out there she said sure i'm see why you can't next one you know i know deer season's on <laughs> i said can i go deer hunting and shoot a gun she said which and i said i shoot left-handed when i shoot and she said well just make sure you got it up on your shoulder don't 
and she said other words just you know go on go deer hunting so very cool well, i'm gonna be there i'm going to because she's got he has shown me a picture of a buck that runs around his property that i'd like to run into russell killed one with a bow saturday afternoon right at dark yeah it was eight point nice yeah. it was yeah, nice i won't shoot an eight point i've got an eight point he's laying out he's up on my 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 uh, wall i mean joe's seen him before he's yeah see he, i let he never I let, changes his pose either i won't shoot eight point either dave but i've hit several of them with my truck <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i won't shoot one you know if but, i haven't hit one i hit it but i mean i won't mm-hmm. shoot it because why i don't want put his head up my wall and i got two so eight I, points now i but got one that i would he put I would one on put one side head. and one yeah. on <clears throat> well, how many points is 16 now nah, he's probably a 12 or a 14 but, right. he, but he's got a drop time that's what makes him kind of special i would put him on the wall now, I, I will shoot at him i shot at him twice last year if i get a shot and i take him down you better shoot him when you can so i are you gonna you know will you be mad at me <laughs> nope. if, I, if i get him <laughs> nope <laughs> you don't have to worry you i can, went, light him up i went for four years being called a hunter with a rifle or a hiker with a rifle because <laughs> i didn't never see a deer well um, I, you know yeah, you save ammunition like that. i sure did I, sh- I saved a lot of yeah. ammunition but just think how much work you saved though yeah that's, that's like too. that's like that's russell killed an eight point last year and i let him walk twice and i i pulled a gun up and i draw the bead on him kicked the safety off and i thought nah it's okay a lot of work I said I let I let him walk, and then I sent Russell over to the stand. And I said, "He's coming around about four thirty every afternoon. If you want to go over, and he said you're not going." I said, "No, I've, I've done let him walk twice." And he he said, "I'm going over." And about four forty five, I heard him light up shooting. Wow! Well, I can tell you this: that uh, I'm I'm hunting doe more than I'm hunting buck. Doe oh, me meat too. just tastes so much better than buck meat. And somebody says to me, "Ah, oh, I bet you can't tell the difference." I said. Uh, I bet you you can. He shot him sixty Get. yards with that crossbow he's got. Wow, that's Com- good. Not a crossbow, compound bow. Wow, and that's good. Yeah, but he can shoot a. I seen him shoot a swinging tar, a swinging balloon on a swing set with it. So he's good. He's yeah. been practicing. That's yeah, good I, I I could shoot it as long as I was up there about two feet away from it. Yeah, I'd I'd be about as close as I could stab it. That way. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about that's two feet I, it, you know i can stick it out there with arrow and spirit look at it. joe sitting over there <clears throat> got his head resting and chin resting on his hand like i hope these guys are not going to be talking deer hunting no for I, very long i ain't feeling too great still i'm still still sick so. and what is going on with you now i get we get one of you well and now you've been feeling bad you've been oh, i've been bad for two and a half three weeks <laughs> i know you have you've yeah. been puny yeah, I had sore throat, went to the doctor, got a shot and antibiotics, and that's last Friday. So, anyway, hopefully it'll clear what, up. What did he say he thought it was? He said I had the croup. The croup? Yeah, that's actually a medical term. Okay. <laughs> and it means what? Stopped up head, sore throat, runny nose. Bronchitis. Bronchitis, feeling bad. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Not good. I know. You know, you guys keep... Uh, I'm going to have – let's put the mics on the other side of the room. <laughs> just I ain't shaking yeah. hands with nobody. Yeah, i got my right. little thing right here, and I'm not going to touch as little I bit as I can. Bump. That's you right. know, I fist bump. Mm-hmm. I learned that from Dr. Yamauchi. Yep. Yamauchi 
fist bump or elbow bump. He's even going as far now as like saying maybe we should be bumping maybe, elbows. Maybe fist is too much. Yeah, too. that might be yeah. too much as, as, as well. All right, so what's been going on at the uh, facilities, you guys? I, I made a, an appointment with uh, RD in two weeks. We're replacing the transmission. All right. Yeah, because what do you guys call it, the thing that shakes it? Torque converter. The torque converter is bad, and I, I know it's bad. It's been bad for a while. And I was talking to Gary Henry uh, last Wednesday, in fact, yeah. about it. He did a good job, Joe. He made, he'd make you proud. And uh, I asked him about it, and I said, what about fixing that? He says, Dave, he says, look, he says, that, he, that transmission got a lot of miles on it. He says, you don't want to open it up. Yeah. Not unless you're going to go completely through it. Yeah, Pandora's box, he said. Mm -hmm. So uh, I talked, and I was talking to RD, and RD said they had me one and uh, get it all done. I won't quote a price, but I'll just tell you, if I quote it to you, there's a lot of you that have have had your transmissions fixed and everything. You're going to go, no, you didn't get it for that cost. Yeah, (laughs) it's exactly how you would And he's not... Not cutting me any breaks, man. Same thing that you would pay. Yeah. I, mean, I just tell you that uh, he does a good job. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that to Gary Henry was here and, and, yeah, and he, took care he of the was show really for good. us. Yeah, that's he's great. He's good. He's, you know, it's really interesting to talk to Gary now that he's opened up that extra garage and everything that oh, yeah. he has. Yeah. I guess he said, what, he's got six extra bays or something like four or six, something like that. Yeah, he's doing uh, uh, front-end alignments and tires and suspension work, and uh, he's expanded a little bit there, which is good for him because he uh, he needs to do that. You know, if you expand, you got to fill those bays up and put equipment in there and keep yeah. the checks busy. So i got to get over and check it out. It yeah, looks he nice. built good. about eight stalls on there i think yeah in the he built it connected the two buildings together yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember going out first year to his place mm-hmm. and he had that one building and he had about i don't know six or seven stalls yeah then he built another building didn't he the front building yeah yeah, yeah. and then now he's built another building he's behind doing, the other building yeah he's doing well you they know? had one here and one there, and he just put Happy one in the him. middle and then yeah. kind of connected them together. Yeah. Happy good. for him. Because yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah. He works hard. He's like both yes, of he you. Does. He works very hard. It's like most of the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers. In fact, I can say all of them because I know the guys. Well, you know, bumper-to-bumper certified service centers is just a, a network of certified service centers that got to qualify for that. And uh, we buy our parts from bumper-to-bumper and uh, – and you know they sell quality parts, and we got a good warranty, Dave. Twenty four, twenty four. You can get thirty six, thirty six if you use their credit, credit card. card. And 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 you know the thing about it is, is if if you put when when you're working on a car, and and you know you look at the customer now, you know you can tell them say, look, you know I've got the best part that I can get on that car, so you're gonna you're gonna have good good use out of it, and it's gonna be a quality part, and it's gonna last. And and that's the main thing about bumper to bumper. Yeah, and you're going to get the part quickly. Yep. You're going to get their job their job done quickly because they want their car back as soon as they can get it, and you want their car out of your bay so you can get your next customer as soon as you possibly can. That's absolutely right, Dave. That way we, we don't keep anybody there for untimely matter. You know, just get it done and go on. But the thing about it is if you put a quality part on it, you don't have to worry about it. And, you know, the world is what it is. There are going to be part failures, and there's going to be technicians that make mistakes, but we back it up and we warranty it. So it, it's a good deal. It really is. Yeah. Well, being 
Now, Bumper to Bumper does an excellent job. They yes, really sir. do. They Great really people. Do. Yeah, really good people. We say that because we know you're listening, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry's always listening. We even like you. <laughs> really? <laughs> I like Jerry. I think Jerry's, Jerry's like big guy. brother. Yep. I like keep Jerry. It up I like James. I like all those guys. Yeah, they're good, good folks. Good, good people. So if you need uh, you know, to get your car fixed, go to your bumper-to-bumper certified service center. All you got to do is Google that name right there, and it'll pop up. And It'll tell you where they're they all got at. them all over here in central Arkansas. They've got 70-something of them all over the state. Yes. And if you're listening to this or watching it on the Internet or whatever, and you have a question, text us, email Dave, or, and, and we'll answer for you, and we'll refer you to a CSC shop in your local area. All right, here you go. 823-0965 is our number. If you've got a car question, 823-0965. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Joe is here. Good to have him back. And uh, Duck is here. We're really excited that he's back. And uh, everybody is here today. That's a good thing. Back to normal. That's good. 8230965. Got a question? These guys will try to answer it for you and uh, we can uh, you know try to help you out with some car questions. Well, I think that we can all agree that the weather is changing. We've had uh, plenty of rain, but uh, we've had some pretty chilly temperatures here lately right, we was, set a record for being cold this early in the year didn't we? it was cool yesterday all day mm-hmm. yeah the, here's the bottom line there's things you need to do before you get to winter this is like mother nature's warning call telling you wake up it's yeah. time to do this well some of them they'll, they'll rear their head whether you try to do anything or not like the batteries yep. you know you heard those commercials on tv that one out every four batteries out there needs to be replaced that's amazing in the cold weather you'll find that out first thing in the morning <laughs> and, and the worst yeah. part about that is joe mm-hmm. it won't give you no warning nope you'll get out time. go out and go hit crank it one morning and, and it's totally dead so what <laughs> i need to do is just drive by one day joe and you guys have to throw on the electrodes huh, and see how my battery is yeah we'll hook a detac unit up to it and test it and see how it does okay it's good. It, I mean, you need to do that anyway. And, and, you know, as far as getting preparing for the winter, you need to get that antifreeze freeze point checked. And make sure that you're below, you know, below zero. 15. I'm yep. going to say minus 15, minus 30 is good. Uh, because, you know, even though if you check it and you say, well, it's good down to, you know, plus 5, plus 10, it ain't going to get that cold here. No, it may not. But. You're running down the interstate at 70 mile an hour. How cold is it? The chill factor there, it'll ice that radiator up. Yep. And when it slushes up, it quits circulating, quits circulating, and then it overheats. All right. So overheats, you got problems. Well, yes. Yeah. Especially in cold weather. Overheating in cold weather is worse on it than overheating it in, in weather where it's not extremely cold outside. I, I'm not sure quite why that is, but, but it is. It'll do more damage yep. than, than what it would if it was in the summertime. And it'll lay them aluminum heads up wide open. Yep. Well, I, I wonder them. if part of that is is that uh you know as far as the gaskets and stuff, they're really pliable during the summertime. Well, I look at it more this way. This is what I always thought. You know, when you're running hot and it's hundred degrees outside, well it takes a while for it to cool off. Mm-hmm. But if you run it hot and it's 30 degrees outside it's going to cool that much quicker well i think i think part of it too duck is the fact that if if you don't have enough antifreeze in there to keep it from slushing up freezing up yep it quits circulating then the engine overheats and then when that water thaws out that water 
it's going to wash back into that motor at about 33 cold. or 4 degrees, and it's ice cold. It'd be like putting water in an engine that was boiling over with yep. cold water, and, and I think it, it damages them and warps them and cracks them. And, and, and if you got windshield washer wipers, you know, the washer part on your car, Yeah, I've seen people take hot water out there and pour on a windshield. No. And I asked how come a crack run across. Yeah. You Dang. can't do that. Don't you know? want, no. You don't better off do just that. get out and scrape your windshield. Turn your wipers on, squirt a little, you know, a little of the good, the good stuff on it, and that'll stop a lot of your trouble. Well, that's what thing, I'll be. That, you know, there's one thing there I wanted to mention, Dave, yeah. that is very important, that if you turn your wipers on and they do not move and they're froze, you better get out. Do not turn them off. You need to get out there and break the ice off of it and let them make one swipe because if you do not, you will burn, burn the motor up because oh, it's got to okay. make one revolution from side to side to park. And otherwise, you turn it off, it's still trying to move to park. So it'll actually burn the motor up or Just damage the motor. Just keeps going. Well, yeah, even though they're not moving. Mm-hmm. That motor's energized. It's trying to push them. Okay. And it can't. All right. So keep that in mind. As far as changing the liquid that is in your windshield washer, I mean, do you, em- do you empty that out or can nah. you just mix, mix it enough in, it. in it that it, it makes enough it- in it? Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay until you you know like most people when i service their car they come in their wipers is empty anyway so yeah i gotta you know. put i gotta put uh i've got i always have i got a, a gallon of green stuff and then yep. i got a gallon of the orange looking mm-hmm. stuff so i'll i'll put the, the orange stuff in here now yeah you need to just look on the jar it. it'll tell you that it's like like zero degrees or yeah right now you know some of the right now if you look at it right now it's going to say 32 degrees but you know when it gets cold, thirty-two degrees is going to bust your your tank, and, and they're not cheap. Well, and run and run the pump motors and everything. Yeah. And then when you go to change the the tank on it, you know I've had to far as go as pull the whole bumper off the front of them do it. Enter fender well, yeah, it's tough sometimes depending on where they're located. At. You know they they build them coming down the line, so you know it makes a difference. All right, we're going to take a break for the news, then we're going to come back and continue. Joe's here and Ducks here. This is a great day we got both of them in the studio with us here on the dave ellswick show all right back with you dave ellswick show duck is here joe is here and they're ready to answer your questions 823-0965 823-0965 we had a question on uh saturday that i thought was interesting as i i listened to kenneth and ryan answer it there was a person who was talking about their headlight went out on the left front and they changed it and their headlights didn't come back on yep and they didn't know what the problem was and uh the guys started talking about all the different things that could keep you and i forget what car it was it was it what brand it was it it didn't have fuses it didn't have any fuses and they were saying that they had some Wherever the fuses box was or whatever, there was something else there that powered the relays. The yeah, the relays. Yeah, that's exactly what they were talking. I, I think it was a Dodge product, if I'm not mistaken. Does but, Dodge not like? But not only that, that, Dave. Dodge is where their fuses are underneath the hood. Yeah, that is the body control module on the bottom of it, ain't it, Joe? Yeah, it's a uh, <coughs> it's a it's a circuit board what it is and it's got uh, relays in it and there are some fuse links that go to that yeah and there are some fuses but they're you know like over where the battery supply is and the batteries whether it's under the back seat or in the back of it or in the front of it 
there'll be some fuse links on that because they're they're anticipating that human error will come into play there and your alternator's always got a, a 180 amp per 200 amp fuse on it yep in case it shorts out so it, wow. it doesn't doesn't damage other components but yeah they're 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 doing some neat stuff with that electronics now where they're using circuitry to handle you know overloads and stuff like that it'll just actually if it sees something spiking it'll turn it off but not as easy to fix a headlight as it used to be no it's now, not used to you can yank it out and put a headlight in it you know like the old, the old 102 chevrolet pickups joe you can put both headlights in it in 10, 10 minutes. minutes yeah but now the newer chevrolet pickups yeah it takes an hour to put one in yep you have to you know we we went so far you know on some high-end vehicles cadillacs and yep and, and um uh jaguars and stuff like that folks will call and say i need a price on putting a headlight bulb in yeah this requires a bumper front bumper cover removal and it's two or three four hour you know it's very labor intensive to get in there and then we always recommend don't do one do them both yeah i'm here that's it no, it ain't gonna cost you no more to do both of them than it is to do one they are both born at the same time i went over and had a headlight replaced at joe's and i had the right one replaced at the exact same time now Give out kudos to Daryl, all right? Now, I don't know if he's got brothers named Daryl and Daryl. <laughs> he does. I haven't figured that out yet. But uh, he figured out a way to work on my Acadia and change the bulbs without taking off the fender wall. Yeah, sometimes you can get in there, and if you got small hands and you get enough stuff loose, you can snake yep. your way in there and get to them, but sometimes you can't so you can't always count on that well he did a good job yeah, you know did. then you got some you got some of these new headlights that's 12 and 13 and 1400 dollars for a headlight ain't it joe yeah though some of those with the ballast made on them they're yep. very expensive or you know even getting in there to test it sometimes it's not the hid bulb that's bad it's the ballast that's the bad. ballast has gone bad and the ballast are expensive they really are but that's how come those you know we're talking about uh, on, on high-end vehicles where when, when those lights are on high or low beam and the light comes up it's got a like a straight line just like a projector a, a they call sun it. visor right and and you can you can tell that here's the light and then from there up there's the dark and it's just like a straight line at night and it's pretty cool because they can, can exactly control that beam where it needs to be in and it doesn't blind the other drivers coming at you. Mine, I know that the Camry that I rented and drove down to Florida, when I turn on the brights, not only did it light up down the road, mm-hmm. right it in front lit of you up too. around up in the sky. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that pilots aren't complaining about <laughs> the bright light shining up from the road below but, them. But it's, it's strange, though, like Joe was talking about that line. When you see that line up there, you think – if something wrong with my headlights and then you hit them on bright and then the whole thing lights up yeah they call them projector lights what they call them it's what gm calls them yeah G- gm what i have is i got what they call the opera lights they're small yeah. the small ones and they're pretty good and the new bulbs we got joe they're yeah. really good some high intensity bulbs yeah yeah they were it's really, amazing really good. what you can go from the old bulbs when you put the new ones in Oh, how yeah. much difference in light it is you should see here's the thing that i've noticed about the ones that we put in my car it goes a little further down the road yep and a little wider a lot more yep. wider it used it what it used to be when you turn on the brights and would show you the ditches on yep. either side now low beam it shows you the ditches yeah and that's pretty cool especially mm-hmm. when it's deer season well yeah they they know, even, them. They even when it's not deer season you know because they're out all the time yep all right, let's go talk to Ed. He's out in Conway. 
Got a 2019 Dodge. <laughs> What's up, Ed? Ed, you Hello. there? Hello, yeah, Ed. There? Yeah, we're yes, here. Sir. You go ahead. Hey, I got a, a new Dodge. I got a pickup, a Dodge Ram. Yes, sir. I put 3,800 miles on it. And uh, my old thing, you know, the, old, the gauge on there says my old change is still good. Do I go by the mileage or do I go by the gauge that uh, on the Talking on about the, that, the oil life monitor? Yes, sir. I, I, In my opinion, the oil life monitor is very good on these late models because it's calculated values. It's not just mileage. It's calculating how long idle you sit in idle, how you drive it, whether it's in-town driving mostly or freeway driving or a combination, and it calculates your percentage, and, and that's what I use on my truck. How about you, Doug? Me too. I, I don't even put a sticker on my windshield no more. I just re-trip mine back to 100%, and when it gets down to 20 Start, I service it. Yeah, start time to do it then, okay? Yeah, the thing will tell you everything. I was just wondering because I'm yeah. changing it about 3,000 miles. But I check my oil, it's still clean. Is it? I mean, yes. like it's brand, still brand new. Yes, I was sir. the same way I used to. If mine went over 3,000 miles, something was wrong. I think you're probably going to get somewhere between 45 and 55 out of that, depending on how it calculates, okay? Mine usually get about 6,000 miles before I need to change it. Dang, 6,000 miles on oil change? Yes, sir. That's synthetic. But mine, that, mine's so. fully synthetic, and so should yours be fully yeah. synthetic. You're right. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome. Right. Appreciate Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate Yeah. That, see, that's a great question. Oils aren't the same the way your your filter's not the same. There's a lot of things that have changed. Well, another thing, too, Dave, we have cleaned the motors up so much nowadays where it only gets – if you're running down the road at 70 mile an hour, it's only going to get enough fuel to run that truck at 70 mile an hour. It ain't like when old carburetor when it just dumped X amount of fuel down through it and what it didn't burn went on that tailpipe went in the oil pan. That's like a tea pitcher pouring it in there. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't nothing like that used to be, you know. And, and and the new fuel injection system is totally different from the eighty eight, eighty nine when they first come out, ain't it, Joe? Yes, it is. The fuel managements now are out of this world, and as far as calculating richer lean, the O two switch faster. They're using uh, different strategies for that, and and these engines we have today with uh, cam phasers in them to advance the valve timing, slow the valve timing down. That's why they can get one of these motors to put out 350, 400 horsepower and it'd be a V6. And it, that was unheard of, you know, yeah. for years. But now it's it's clearly possible. And there's nothing to get three and four and five and six hundred thousand miles out of them nowadays. I mean, that's that, but that's the reason they got them cleaned up so much, and that's why you can get that many miles out of them. I mean, you can have a four-cylinder engine now and get as much horsepower as you used to get with uh, V8. the V8s. Yeah, yeah. Look at look at the Ford EcoBoost. I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. It's three and four hundred, you know, horsepower. And you know, ten years ago, you never would have dreamed a V6 could get that much horsepower. Yeah, I, it's only been recently that I've been happy with a, a V6. Yeah, my Cadius V6. Yeah, runs beautifully. Mm-hmm. I got great pickup, in fact. And I gets love it. fair to, and gets good fuel mileage. Yeah, it gets about, you know, look, it's uh, eight years old and it's still getting 22 out on the highway, so I'm happy with it. Well, there was a time when you had a four cylinder, and uh, if you wanted to accelerate real hard to get out in traffic, you'd reach up and turn the AC compressor off so it would go. And hope for the best. And, you know, today's world, you don't have to do that because four cylinders, dual overhead cam. And and uh, their fuel management and, and the cam phases and everything oh, yeah, on absolutely, they're amazing. They are very fine they, running machines. They yank that time up, you know. Then as soon as you level back off, then everything goes back to normal again. 
it's just amazing how much stuff when you pull up you know when you pull up your computer and you're sitting there looking at it and you got three pages of stuff that's hooked to that motor to make the motor run good as it runs you hook scanner up and they say load all pids yeah i want all pids load well there's only about 500 of them yeah wow yeah all right got another call okay mark is in north little rock got a 2014 ram pickup hello mark how are you welcome to the dave ellswick show say hi to joe and to duck hey guys how y'all doing hey how are you doing Uh, this truck's got 123,000 miles on it and uh it's got the eight-speed automatic and it's it's a sealed unit and the the book says it's the it's not serviceable and it it is designed to run for the life of the unit my question is what is the expected lifetime of the transmission uh mileage wise if i'm not doing any heavy towing or anything like that what kind of vehicle is it it's a 2014 ram 1500 has it got the hemi motor in it yes five seven yes sir life expectancy on the transmission i think is uh they've got it figured where it's somewhere in uh 300 000, i was fixing to say it, yeah. it's being nothing for you let, now if you get yeah. it hot pulling something you know it's not gonna last that long but there's nothing for it to get three hundred thousand miles out of it is that right yes well, I'll be darned. because the, another thing too they don't put regular transmission fluid in it no more it's got a synthetic transmission fluid in it and that makes a world of difference yeah it makes them run cooler and everything uh so you know yeah, there is no reason why you can't get three hundred thousand miles out in trouble. Okay. Well, I've got a I got a evaporative emissions like uh, code too. I I, uh, I guess you got to smoke it or something. To, I'm going to ask you a question about that. Sleep. When you fuel that, do you when the fuel nozzle kicks off, do you pull it right out or you do keep pumping it in there? No, I don't. I don't. I heard somebody tell me that the other day at the gas station. Don't do that. Do yep. not and pack I, it in. Yeah, I don't pack it in. I just try okay. to round up to an even number. Cause well, don't it. even do that because no. it, if it kicks off at $17.40, you put another $0.60 cents in there, what happens yeah. is you're filling up the fuel neck, and, yeah. and, and it can't vent like that, and there's some solenoids and valves in there and a charcoal canister, and when that fuel gets down in there, it messes those valves and stuff up. And a charcoal canister, uh, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what the guy told me at the gas station the other day. Uh, he was a smart yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a feeling that he's already paid to have that fixed. Somebody's already yeah, told him that. Like Fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> That's just what I was thinking to say. Somebody done took fifteen hundred dollars from him because yeah. of that problem. Yeah. Well, I hope I don't have that trouble right now. But uh, you may not. You could have a bad cap or something minor. Yep. It could be a vent valve, well, a vent solenoid, or something like that. Yeah, I replaced the uh, cap with the OEM cap, and that didn't. That didn't fix it. But did well uh, now. It ain't going to put that light out just by changing yeah. the cap. Oh, I know. I just disconnected the battery and okay. cleared it, and then it and then it came back on about two days later. That's a okay. two key cycles. Yeah, you got a leak somewhere. Yeah, don't uh, don't take that cable off again until you get it into a shop to get it fixed because you're erasing some stored data when you do that. And we need it, and uh, and it would make it the, our job easier if we had the stored data. It's like freeze frame data. So, what's the in and out time? If like I was to bring it tomorrow or, or whatever, and it, would that be a one day thing? Or? It should be. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Up Thank you. Right, You're welcome, Mark. Appreciate you, Mark. We'll talk to you later. We'll get a break in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk about oil. We kind of mentioned it a moment ago when the gentleman was talking about he was really shocked that he gets 6,000 miles be- between oil changes. 
oils have changed. Yes, sir. Yes, they have. Uh, oils have changed, and people that own oil companies have changed, haven't they, Doug? Yes, sir, they have. B&M Oil is now McPherson Oil, and they're the distributor for ExxonMobil. Yes, sir. Angel's still the contact person there, so if you need any ExxonMobil products, you can call Angel at McPherson Oil, and she can fix you up. Yes, sir. Now, me and Duck, we are... Uh, We've changed oil companies. And, but we're uh, still with Chevron. We're still with Chevron. We're with Relodyne now. But if you need any Chevron products and Haviland Motor Oil, me and Duck are the guys. And, uh, yes, sir. And, and uh, if you need any of those products, we can fix you up with uh, Relodyne. can take care of you and Jeffrey and hook you up on that stuff. Yep. More important than ever that you change your oil when the car tells you to change the oil. Absolutely. And, and Dave, it's like Joe said a while ago, it's it's – it's looking at how fast you drive, how much start and go you go, how much idle time. It don't just look at, hey, drove this many miles time for oil change. Yeah. And, and, and that means that it, it's a calculated value. For instance, if you owned a vehicle and you sat in a parking lot like a security truck or something and you rode around the same parking lot uh, 24 hours a day, it knows that. Yeah. That engine's been running. And just because it's sitting there idling, it's still depleting the oil. Yes gradually so you know the 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 oil life monitors are, are a good system i i think they're fantastic and, and it, i think it if you if you have a vehicle that has one and it's a late model use it rely on it because it's a good system all right we've got time for one more question Eight two three zero nine six five is the number give us a call and we'll be back in just a moment you were there when that one happened had you left just a few months before no, I, I I have never met Ray Lincoln. Well, I didn't, you don't have to meet him, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. His stories precede and recede after him. It's amazing. I used to listen to the Ray and Ram show growing yeah. up, yeah. but I've never met well, Ray Lincoln. He and I, of course, worked together for a year and a half on Thursdays. And it was Dave and Ray, and boy, we just had a fun time. Yeah. I'm sure your producer had a fun time, too. Yeah. Well, let's just say this. Jim Beard, it's a story that I just told these guys. He had to really put out some fires <laughs> with Ray. It was, it was, I used to have people ask me, what's it like working with Ray? It's like riding a roller coaster get on hold on you're you're in the you're in the studio and you're going up tick, 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 and you know sooner or later you're going to crest the hill and then it, hold on here gonna, we come it's gonna you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth and but that's what made the show so good we had a fantastic day uh when we would be together he and i became really good friends and he was a good man all right, back with you. Let's finish it up for today. We're down to about, well, we got about three minutes here, guys. we got to give fans. this thing away then. Yeah, we do. we got a five-gallon wet and dry vac. We'll even give you the five-gallon bucket that goes Go along, along with, with it. it. All you got to do, be the third caller, 8230965. This is really good, like if you're going to deer camp and stuff. It's nice to have this around, to be honest with you. 8230965. Give you a five gallon wet and dry vac uh, that you can use uh, uh, at your, you know. In the one I got, Dave, I was looking at a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You can move the hose around on the backside and make a blower out of it. Okay. That's cool. Now, there's a way, I don't know how it is, that they talk about using high pressure, uh, high pressure uh, air and a golf ball for 
getting the skin off of a deer do you know anything about that well i don't they never use high pressure but i'll take a golf ball wrap it up in his hide Mm -hmm. and tie a rope onto it and take a tractor and pick it up okay that'll that'll suck it right off or either i'll put them two boys of mine on it well they talk about using high pressure air to do it so i don't know we've got a winner by the way stop calling okay (laughs) nobody can win another one we only got one so uh again we'll get to who that is they'll tell us who it is and we'll we'll announce their name for you so you know who it is and you see them you can say wow or her and say wow that congratulations on picking one doing good i'm people i've talked to have won these really like them like them them a lot they're not like the real big ones now they're easy to use and 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 actually they got a they got quite a bit of suction power on them they work really well yeah they do keep that in mind all right so let's take uh remember that change check on your uh your uh antifreeze get your wipers replaced wipers replaced get your wiper fluid uh so that it doesn't freeze all of that there's battery you check do. battery check all make sure of that your cables be are all clean make sure your belts and your hoses and and the main thing you need to check right now check it all right let's real quickly hey roosevelt how you doing i'm doing great how about you guys we're doing fantastic Wonderful. picking yourself up a nice wet and dry back that'll come in handy uh, won't yeah. it it definitely will. I am no stranger to this show, and this these guys are my favorite. You and me argue sometimes, but I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't argue want to argue with, with these two guys. Argue you know, with Dave? I'm not, no, yeah, nobody, nobody argues with me. Yeah. Nobody. Everybody loves me. They love this show. <laughs> what kind of car? Right. You, what kind of car you drive, Roosevelt? I drive the uh, 2008 Cadillac uh, Deville. Ah. Not a Deville. Yeah. I can't even think of what is okay. it. I'm driving this car. I can't think of what it is, but it's a 2008 Cadillac. Okay, well, you do and me a favor. Roosevelt, I need you just to hold on. They're going to talk to you before they leave. We won't forget you, but I got news coming up, and I got to get out of the way. Okay. Thanks, guys, okay. for coming in. We appreciate Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. All right. All right, let's move into the final hour of a Wednesday show here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Dave Ellswick show with you. And uh, a good friend of the show joining us here in this half hour, Grover Norquist, is with us. Uh, Of course, uh, when we want to talk about taxes, we always want to talk to Grover. I want to talk to him a little bit about midterm elections. But before I get to how do we, uh, you know, protect uh, the tax cuts, uh, Grover, let me ask you this. The president announced today that he is telling all of his secretaries of, you know, the EPA and all the rest, all those government uh, alphabet names, uh, groups that are under him, that he wants a 5% cut. When's the last time that a president has talked about we're cutting taxes, but we're also going to cut spending? Uh, it has been since Reagan. Okay. Since uh, when Reagan. Reagan got elected, they are able to drop spending the first year after that Congress got back into the saddle and made it difficult to, to cut spending, cut spending, cut spending. But we did get this, this very good spending restraint the first year of the Reagan administration. After that, less so. So it's all going to depend on the midterm elections, isn't it? it? It is. Look, the president and the Republicans in the House and Senate have really laid out a game plan. They took taxes down. We had the worst highest corporate income tax in the world, 35 percent. 
took it down to 21, makes us competitive. China's at 25. Germany's at 25. We're at 21. We used to be at 35. You know, you wonder, we're at 35. The Chinese are at 25% tax. And you wonder why we can't compete better with other countries when we're shooting ourselves, or rather our governments, shooting us in the foot, making our life difficult. So, you know, we've taken that. We've got some good tax cuts, a lot of good deregulation. They've really opened up our ability to look for energy in the United States, huge, huge stuff in the right direction. But that can all be turned around if the Democrats take the House and Senate. Yeah, that would, yeah, definitely can be completely turned around. And it can be turned around even if they only, if the Democrats get control of one house because they can throw a wrench into the, in the, into the mechanism that's been working well, and that is the tax cuts. Absolutely. That is exactly their game plan. They hope to take the house. The good news is because they tried to steal the, the, uh, Supreme Court and they failed and the American people saw that. I got a good report today of all the House and Senate races. And on the Senate side, North Dakota is looking good, Indiana, Missouri, all these other um, states are clicking in the right direction. We should pick up three, maybe even four Senate seats net. Very, very necessary. Sorry, I got a police car running down the street. That's all right. And, And now on the House side, it's looking better. It's still close. So be sure and get out and vote. Call your friends. Yeah, all across the country um, to uh, be sure and vote. Uh, I think the Republicans will hold the House narrowly, strengthen in the Senate. And if we're able to do that, then all this threat of impeachment or, you know, it's not impeachment. What you worry, what they'll do is sit there and do uh, all sorts of investigations and subpoena all sorts of stuff. And there'll be a jillion phony headlines about how big something is. We've been hearing this for two years. Oh, look at this. And, Three, you know, next day there's nothing really there, but it was good for a headline to make it sound like there was something there. Um, they will try and stop. They'll, they'll go, we're not going to do the defense budget until you give me X. You know, right. those sorts of things. They will really try and shut down the ability of, look, we need the government to do certain things. And they will threaten to shut down the necessary parts of government in order to get more money for the unnecessary stuff. Yeah, I have uh, I have some audio that I'm going to play a little later on here this hour for my my listeners, and it's the president talking about uh, he's going after this five percent cut now because when he first got in there, he had to rebuild the military that Obama had just you know hollowed it out, and uh, they got the seven hundred billion the first, and then the seven sixteen billion the second time, but to get that, he called it waste money that he had to spend uh, for the Democrats to get on board uh, to vote for this stuff. And uh, that, and he was getting in and said that's why the midterms are so important now, to hopefully get away, of, get away from that waste money so that they can start cutting spending. I, I learned something today, Grover, that I did not know. Seventy percent of the money we spend in our country is on three programs. Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. That that just goes on to saying that we've got to do something. Yeah, those entitlements fall apart uh, if we keep moving forward and don't reform anything. Uh, so we really do need to get the entitlements reformed. We need to block grant all the various welfare programs and send them out to the state. This is what we did uh, under Clinton. We passed it three times. He vetoed it the first two times. The one decent thing Clinton did, he vetoed twice before 
uh, Dick Morris told him, look, if you don't sign welfare reform, you're not getting reelected. So he signed welfare reform. Um, and we sent it out to the states, and all the liberals said everyone would starve to death, and there'd be, you know, blood all over the floor, and it'll be awful, and uh, kids won't have food. That's not what happened. What happened was you block granted it to 50 states, and 50 states took different approaches. They found ways to reduce the cost, to reduce waste. Uh, and the president, and you were quoting the president talking about the waste money he had to uh, sign into law in order to get the defense spending. That's being generous. That was extortion money. That was, we will not pay the troops. We will not uh, provide the resources necessary to rebuild the military after eight years of uh, largely ignoring it by the uh, Obama administration, unless you give us money for various welfare programs. So they extorted money from taxpayers for the defense budget. To get a dollar in defense, you got to give one to defense and one to the Democrats mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to spend, including Planned Parenthood money. I mean, that sort of thing. This is not exactly a pressing national need, uh, given a whole bunch of rich people who already give Planned Parenthood a lot of money. Yeah. So it's a very, very interesting uh, fight we've got going. We need to get that spending down. The president's correct to focus on this. Uh, it was correct to first cut the taxes and get the economy moving in the right direction. And you've seen the numbers. We have 7 million people, I'm sorry, 7 million jobs open saying, please, somebody come and take them. That's more than there are people looking for work right now. Yes. So the economy is extremely strong. Wages have gone up uh, year, year over year. We just had six months of 4% growth. When the president said he was hoping to get to 3% growth with a tax cut, uh, he was viciously attacked by uh, Krugman, the New York Times economist, a columnist who got a Nobel Prize for something other than tax policy, <laughs> who said that, you know, this would never happen, that even if he, he Craig Klugman, was dictator, you could never do this. Yes. It's true, if Klugman was dictator, this, he would get 3% growth. He'd get something, but not 3% growth. But we've gone to 4% growth. We are on path, yes, the tax cut, also the energy liberalization. I got a presentation today from a guy in Britain who follows energy policy, and he points out that Europe, before the United States, they went very big on this um, wind, solar, the alternative energies. And you have to subsidize those because they don't create as much energy as nuclear or uh, coal or uh, natural gas. And they've got massive, they've done a trillion dollars in subsidies in Europe, and therefore, it, but it also raises the cost of energy production right. in Europe. And Volkswagen just announced, you can't keep doing this to us because we're not competitive. We go out of business if you keep telling us we've got to make teenier and teenier cars and we can't have any emissions. And, you, and it costs energy to make a car and you're making our energy prices go up with all this alternative energy that costs more. And the grid in Europe isn't working because... You get energy from wind when there's wind. And when there's wind across Europe, they got more than energy than they know what to do with, and they have to call the real plants and say, stop producing. And then the wind stops, and, you know, it doesn't do it on any sort of, you know, hourly basis. And then they got to say, no, no, fire them back up. So there's this very, very bizarre position. They've dropped their investment in, re- uh, in green energy in half in Europe because it's bankrupted them. 
and they keep telling us we'd like we've gone stupid and made ourselves non-competitive. Would you, the United States, please do that too? Yeah. Our answer under President Trump is thank you very much. No. And that no, we won't. And and we heard uh, yesterday the United States is the most competitive country again in the world. We passed Singapore. Uh, in this, the uh, latest ratings, it's been a while since we've been that. In fact, it's, it's been since Obama was president that we've now back at number one. That's good news. Yeah, we're, we're doing much better. There is so much more to do. We can do more on energy than we have. Uh, we're now out producing Saudi Arabia and Russia and so on. This is a foreign policy victory, too, because it used to be that we could be held hostage by uh, the OPEC countries mm-hmm. or by Russia going, well, we won't sell you energy or we're going to raise the price. Uh, we now produce enough. And along with Canada and Mexico, which are attached to us, which are also significant uh, producers of uh, natural gas and, and oil, and um, that we're much more secure. I mean, it doesn't show up in, you know, tanks and planes and so on. But, but energy security uh, is a big deal. That's, that's one of the reasons the Europeans, when the Russians you know, yell at them, they say, how high? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Last question for you, because it sounds like you're out walking down the street or whatever. Let's <laughs> let's get this one. I'm sorry, I'm I'm in between meetings. I'm okay. Sorry. Well, let me let me sorry take let me take care of this, and and that is the tax cuts. We want to extend them. Uh, there are some people that are, you know, congressmen up in the east, uh, like in New Jersey, New York, out in California where they don't get to write off their state taxes, off their tax forms and things of that nature. What, what's our chances of getting these things extended the way that we want to? Okay, we have a series of tax cuts on the individual level that are good for 10 years, like the, the tax cuts that we had with President uh, Bush, George W. Bush. They lasted for 10 years, and then they lapsed. And the reason you have to do that is because you pass these things through a particular process called reconciliation. Right. You only need 51 votes. We only have 51 votes. Uh, and you can't get 60, Demo- you know, 60 people. The Democrats will not vote uh, for any tax cuts at all. Uh, we are going to need to, to every year or so, we've got to go back in. And what we have to do is say, we're going to extend this out another 10 years, another 10 years, another 10 years. Bush should have done this. For whatever reason, they didn't realize they were going to lose the House and the Senate in 2006, so they didn't. Um, we could have protected ourselves from the tax uh, increase during the entirety of Obama's presidency if we, in 2006, we'd kicked it out 10 years. So we're going to keep doing that. But our goal is to make it permanent, to get the Democrats finally to admit that uh, they need to make this permanent or to beat enough of them so that we have 60 votes, which is not impossible to do at all. It, when you look at the states, uh, there are more than 30 states that vote Republican for president. If they also voted Republican for Senate, we'd have the 60 we need to beat a filibuster. Although the day may come when the Republicans say, you know what, requiring 60 votes to get anything done when the Democrats have gone so far to the left and they're not willing to cooperate on anything at all, uh, maybe that makes no sense at all. So let's go to 51 votes, does it? That's what we do with Supreme Court justices. Imagine if we had to have 60 votes for Supreme Court justice, you not only wouldn't have had Kavanaugh confirmed, he would have never been nominated because we'd have had to go so far to the left to get somebody that the D's would give us nine senators for 
that it almost wouldn't be worth doing. That's why that many of the Republican people that were put on the court weren't that good. Even some of Reagan's appointments for crying out loud mm-hmm. turned out to be weak. Um, but when you have a Democrat controlled Senate, or at least 40 votes that the Democrats control in the Senate, then you really are kind of stuck. You ha- the best you can do is a weak Republican. And what we've been able to do with President Trump and Mitch McConnell, who moved mountains, this, this is Mitch McConnell's Supreme Court. He was the guy who said, we're not going to give uh, the Democrats uh, the fifth vote, which would have given them a Democrat majority, right. um, a, a left-wing majority. In the last year of Obama, he was attacked. They went after Grassley. They spent millions attacking Grassley uh, in uh, Iowa. Uh, and that's very, very important that, that we did that. And Mitch McConnell unilaterally said, this is what we're doing. And people thought that you know, they could pick off a couple of his members and beat him, uh, get him to you know, vote to, to go with Garland. Didn't happen. The Republicans held... And then we had the opportunity for two very, very good uh, Supreme Court justices that actually read the Constitution and take it seriously uh, and recognize that both the First and the Second Amendments are part of the Constitution, not something that all Supreme Court uh, justices know. Yeah, the, the, the exciting thing about this is Mitch McConnell 2.0 and Lindsey Graham 2.0. I never thought I'd see these two guys stand up the way they have been in the last few months, and that's exciting, is it not? Well, it is, and what uh, some people have wondered is who's the next McCain? Who's the next person who says, I want to be a Republican in good standing, who could even win a nomination, as McCain almost did in 2000 and did in 2008, and yet be beloved by the press because... I will pull the rug out from underneath the Republicans at key points, mm-hmm. but not often enough so that people getting their news from CBS understand what's going on. Okay. And here's the good news. There, there won't, I mean, there won't be someone who does that because the only reason McCain was able to maintain the support of much of the Republican base and yet at the same time disappoint with some consistency oh, on important hey. issues, uh, that was true. That was possible because he was a POW for six years. And there was a tremendous love and affection and respect for him because of his sacrifice that people cut him a lot of slack. If another Republican did what uh, McCain did in in voting against our tax cuts often during the Bush years, uh, in uh, voting against uh, the the trillion-dollar tax cut that getting rid of Obamacare was, uh, getting rid of Obamacare, period, um, they would not have a position in the modern Republican Party. And therefore... I don't think you'll see someone who holds themselves out from a relatively conservative Republican state like Arizona as a Reagan Republican who will then wink at the press and pull the rug out from one of the Republicans. I don't think that would be tolerated by the American people. Um, And again, it was only really possible because McCain started with such a uh, uh, a tremendous amount of support and love and affection and respect because of his uh, heroism in, in Vietnam and in the POW camp. So uh, I think the press, the people who are auditioning for that, like uh, uh, Kasich, the, uh, um, like Kasich, the governor from Ohio, um, was sort of dancing around that, but he forgot to spend time as a POW. Yeah, you're right about that. 
Hey, Grover, we appreciate you coming on. We know that your time is limited. Tell my listeners where they can go to keep getting information about how to keep taxes under control and the midterm elections and all the rest. Sure. Um, All of our good stuff is at HER.org and HER.org forward slash list. We have a list of all the businesses and you can go and uh, push the button that says Arkansas and you can see all the Arkansas businesses that have announced the pay raises. Uh, Walmart did significant pay raises. Walmart uh, raised their the minimum, their starting wage. Uh, and Walmart, uh, in addition, gives $5,000 uh, to cover adoption costs for their, um, for their employees. They've made a whole bunch of uh, improvements and, and additions to their uh, benefits and wage packages. All they said because of the tax cut, and you see other companies there from Arkansas and around the country, HER.org forward slash list gives those to you. And it's really heartwarming to see all the good stuff that's flowing directly because uh, of the tax cuts. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks so much, Grover. We'll talk to you very soon. Grover Norquist here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Quick break. We'll come back with more. Don't forget about Aero Plumbing. Aeroplumbing.net is where you'll find information about where to reach them and know that they have the 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service they provided, we'll refund all of your money. That's what their guarantee is. And I think on our uh, our uh, website, 101.1 FM, uh, theanswer.com, go there. What is it? $50, $50 coupon for Aero Plumbing. Aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aeroplumbing. All right, let me finish up by uh, telling you the folks at Holland Bottom Farms are thanking you for their business this year. It's been absolutely fantastic. They are out of produce now. That's right. You've cleaned out the farm. There's no more produce to be bought at Holland Bottom. They do have still their fall decor, the pumpkins, the decorative pumpkins, the corn stalks, the cotton. Uh, the hay, they got all of that in the mums. They still have that. And their last day of operation for the season this year will be Halloween Day, unless they run out of all of their fall decor. Uh, stop by. They're open until 6 o'clock every day over at Holland Bottom Farm on Highway 321 in Cabot. Great place to go. All right, so the president uh, today uh, was talking about what he wants to do with his uh, secretaries, the ones that head up the EPA, Department of Energy, Department of Education, all the different departments that takes to make the uh, the government supposedly hum along as though we need all of it. We don't need all of it, but, uh, you know, the, the Department of Agriculture and all the, all the rest. And he says that he's going to be asking for each one of them to cut 5% from their budgets, and uh, here's how he put it. Some talk after the midterms about spending being reined in up on the Hill. I'm curious, is there any programs that you'd like to see kind well, of... Well, I will tell you that I'm having a cabinet meeting in a little while, and we're going to ask every secretary to cut 5% for next year. And last year, first year, I had to do something with the military. The military was falling apart, it was depleted, it was in very bad shape. And that's why we we went for two years, seven hundred billion, seven hundred and sixteen billion dollars, and that took place over a period of two years. We have repurchased and purchased jets, uh, missiles, rockets, all forms of military equipment, ships, 
submarines. We've rebuilt and are in the process of rebuilding our military to a level that has never been before. I had to do that in order to get the 700 and the 716 billion dollars. Those numbers have never been heard of before. I had to give the Democrats, I call it waste money, things that I would never have approved. But we had to do that in order to get the votes because we don't have enough Republican votes to do this without them. So when you look at the border, how bad it is, that's because the Democrats want it to be bad because they don't give us the votes. That's why I hope we do very well in the midterm. But we're going to be asking for a 5% cut from every secretary today. Okay, we're going to see you at the cabinet meeting because you're coming in for a couple of minutes so we can discuss it at length. And I just want to talk to these great folks and wish them best wishes. They've done a fantastic job and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Now, if you were with us when we had Grover uh, Norquist on the first half hour of this hour, uh, you heard... Grover, tell me that the last time a president actually tried to cut spending after cutting taxes, it was during the Reagan administration. It's been a long time since it's happened. It's exciting to see that happen. And then Trump was talking about cutting spending to Varney of the Fox News Network and said, you know, it's really not as tough as you might think. Cut number three. After the midterms, or is this a run-up to the midterms? Probably not. No, this is just for the midterms. We want to win. We want to get the Republicans nominated, and uh, we want to get them elected. We need Republicans. You know, they talk about majority. We have a majority of this much. Uh, I always say if somebody has a cold, just a minor cold, we no longer have a majority. So we need Republicans. And we'll have tremendous border security when we do that. We'll have we'll continue with the tax cuts because we have other tax cuts planned. We're going to do a lot of cutting of the budget also, by the way, which I know is going to make you happy. But we're going to do a lot of cutting. You're going to cut some spending. We are. We're going to cut spending. Absolutely. And, and That's we a had to do order, Mr. President. It's not as tough as you think. And frankly, there's a lot of fat in there. But we had to get the military done last time. You know, President Obama let it go and i could say beyond president obama the military was in terrible shape now we got 700 billion approved and we got 716 billion two years and our military is rebuilding like it's never been really never happened before we got a raise for the people they haven't had a raise in 11 years we got a raise for the great people in the military and you know we're doing a lot of things a lot of great things but now I'm going to also do some cutting of the budget because there is a lot of fat. In order to get that 717, 716 billion, we had to give up things to the Democrats that I hated to give up that you wouldn't have liked, but I had to. But we had to rebuild the military. There you go. And uh, the president talking about this 5% cut. I like how he said to Varney, uh, it's not as tough as you might think, you know, if they win the midterms. I'm going to tell you what, all that is off the table if they don't win the midterms. If they hold the House and they hold the Senate, uh, there's a lot of more great things that are going to be done. So that just means when you go to the polls, vote for uh, the Republican that you can vote for. Last but not least, Trump uh, Trump was talking about, you know, uh, people getting along and, you know, being able to handle each other and, uh, said that a lot of that is going to continue to get better because the economy is doing better. As people are making money, as people see bigger paychecks, as people have more time for leisure and things of that nature, people get along better. Well, let me let him explain it his way. But we'll see what happens. I think we're going to do very well. 
and the economy could restore civility. I really think the economy is going to bring people together because people are doing better now. African-American unemployment, the best ever. Mm -hmm. Asian-American, Hispanic-American, women, everything, every category. I mean, whether you look at median income, whether you look at employment or mm -hmm. unemployment, no matter what chart you're looking at, it's either ever or 50 or 60 years the best. The best numbers. It's probably the best economy we've ever had. Hey. There you go. That's huge. Huge. I mean, I don't know. You may have heard uh, the numbers. I mean, unemployment numbers right now, our best unemployment numbers since 1969. Now, folks, I'm an old guy. That's the best they've been since I was a sophomore in high school. High school. And uh, we're looking at the most job openings right now. Do you know that there's 7 million job openings we don't have enough people to fill them we don't you know what that means that means pay will go up on its own you don't have to vote for an issue here in arkansas uh to raise uh you know salaries to 11 dollars an hour or anything and hurt the people who are going to be hired because what's going to happen is you know people are going to just start making other people do more work and they'll let some people go because they don't want to pay uh, you know, high uh, labor costs. You don't want to do what they're saying do. And I, I think it's morally wrong for me to tell somebody who has built a business what they got to pay people anyway. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So don't, um, I forget what issue that is. That's issue three or five. It's one or the other. Don't, don't vote for it. Vote no. That would be my uh, thing to you. But more job openings, lowest unemployment. The economy is humming along over 4% growth for six, six months now. It's just it's incredible what it's done. Absolutely has been incredible. When we come back, I got uh, Newt Gingrich for you. He said a couple of things that are very, very interesting. One of them, sound, I, I could have sworn he was listening to my show. Uh, the other talking about the border issue and this whole thing of this caravan, another caravan coming from down in Guatemala, 4,000 people now. It's got to, this has got to stop, got to quit uh, seeing this happen. We'll talk about that. All that's coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back to finish the uh, show for today. Tomorrow, going to have a great show. Uh, first hour, J.R. Davis will be here. We'll be talking to him about the state of the state, basically, and some of the different things that are going on. They're putting together the budget right now. Got the budget hearings going on. Uh, we'll talk to uh, to him about that. Uh, Ryan Norris here in the 3 o'clock hour. Ryan, uh, the state director of Americans for Prosperity. He has things that he wants to talk about. And then Jason Rapert, state senator here in uh, Arkansas, going to join us in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Uh, in the 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock hour as well, the ladies uh, from the uh, female power panel, the right view, will be with us. So they'll be uh, questioning everybody as well. So we'll uh, have our special guests, and they will figure out whether they can handle answering the questions of the, the women that are, are here in the studio. Don't forget it. It'll be Elizabeth, Amy, and uh, Shelly in the uh, 3 o'clock hour, and then Hannah join us in the 4 o'clock hour. So... It'll be a full house, to say the least, here in the studio uh, for the Dave Ellswick Show. Friday, 
uh, going to be a good time as well because we're going to have uh, Matt Smith in. We're going to have the folks from Brain Balance in, and then the Geek Squad's coming in. And I'll be talking about, because I have seen it the night before, the newest version of Halloween, uh, which is going to be released tomorrow night. I'll be at 7 o'clock showing over in Cabot at Silver Screen or the Cabot's you know, VIP Cinema. I will be there to see it. All right, so Newt Gingrich has been out talking, and I wanted to play, uh, first of all, this segment. This will be cut number seven, just so you'll know, uh, Russ, about the border issue, this caravan again coming up from down in Honduras through Guatemala and through and through uh, Mexico. The United States has been asking the Mexican government to stop it uh, because something has to give on this. We can't just allow people to uh, swarm our borders and and come in. I mean, we got 4,000 people coming this way in that caravan. In, uh, uh, what was it, September, in August, uh, the Border Patrol arrested 38,000 illegals. In September, it was 40, almost 42,000 illegals. It's getting crazy. It's absolutely crazy on the border. We cannot let that occur. Here's what Newt Gingrich had to say about it. Not the most important issue facing the country today in the eyes of the voters, economy and that, uh, one of the top two or three. And Donald Trump has always been ahead of everyone else on this issue. And now we have another scene of lawlessness coming up through the uh, through Mexico, Honduras. Well, first of all, I think Kevin McCarthy has offered the best bill and committed to bring it up in December to really do whatever it takes to strengthen the border. But let me just make one key point about all this. This is insanity. No country. Imagine it was your home and people down the street said, you know, I like your home. I think I want to come and claim I need refuge. And 6,000 people show up to your home and say, I really hope you'll take care of me. It's crazy. And we ought to adopt a policy that says to the Mexicans, nobody's crossing the border. So if you don't want to stop them coming in from Honduras, they're going to be in Mexico. And I would do whatever it takes to control the border. Period. End of story. Well, Congress has to act. They have to change the asylum laws. They've been. I mean, I'm glad McCarthy's, uh, you know, come along to the uh, gospel here. Necessarily work if you actually control the border because they don't enter U.S. space. But they can walk into through a port of entry and claim asylum under current law. They have to. We have to change that whole process. I'm I'm for changing that, but I'm also for saying that at the ports of entry, if necessary, if Mexico won't cooperate in stopping these people, it'll be amazingly difficult. For anything to get through the ports of entry. That'll get their attention pretty quick. Yeah, in about three days. Yeah, <laughs> three days. Well, anyway, but you agree this is a big issue and a, a big giant, opportunity for Republicans. It's the fate of the United States. You open this country, I've galloped at a world survey, 165 million people would like to come to the U.S. Yeah. You couldn't possibly absorb that. Even left-wing cuckoos can't believe. America. Even left-wing cuckoos. Can't believe you could absorb 165 million people, all of who want to come to the greatest nation on earth, the United States. And he also talked about the modern American left and how things uh, on their side is going. I mean, the left has basically left the borders of this country. They are out in space now, and Newt talked about that as well. All right, Newt, 1968, um, 
One of our mutual friends, Lee Habib, and I were talking the other day, and my, one of the great guys in radio and one of my old, old friends, and he said, you see some of the parallels going on here? And it looks like they're going to move right to 1972 and nominate a far-left guy, uh, of course, George McGovern, 1972. But before that, it was a buildup of lawlessness and sure. a lot of bile and hatred. I was actually with Lee in Des Moines last night. Oh, fun. Uh, look, <clears throat> the hard left, which, and is Craig now, Shirley also which is now much of the left, uh, is committed to believing that they have the right to bully you, to attack you, to trash you. Antifa has said publicly, which is a hard left group, that they intend to go and... Uh, destroy offices if they feel like it. And you just had in Portland people being harassed while the police stood there watching. Uh, so people need to understand the left today, the Democrats today, stand for breaking up the whole process. Abraham Lincoln said it brilliantly at Cooper Union when he said, you will rule or you will ruin, talking to southern slave owners. Well, the modern American left resembles those southern slave owners and their commitment to rule or ruin. And that's why you see them scratching at the Supreme Court door. My favorite image of the year. Yeah, my, hope, my goal is to ensure that for the next 40 years, the closest they get to a Supreme Court seat is scratching on the door. <laughs> well, don't you think this is a moment for Republicans? They united behind the Kavanaugh confirmation. Yes. And look at what happened. The country yep. was motivated, and they're excited. Look, this isn't fair. You know, we wish all the best to all these women, but it's not fair. Can't, I, basic principle of fairness. Look, I had a woman come up to me last night who said she'd been a Democrat. She's 75 years old. She had switched parties after Kavanaugh, and wow. every member of her family in four states had switched. And she said she was disgusted that this was no longer the party of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, well, again, we have a situation where America in a midterm cycle usually... You know, you see the party in power lose seats. There have been a few occasions on which, in which that did not happen. When was that? That's right. Well, it didn't, it didn't happen in 1934. didn't happen in 1998. didn't happen in 2002. I think this year we're going to gain seats in the Senate for sure. And I think the way the things are developing right now because of Kavanaugh and because people are disgusted with the Democratic Party and a little frightened by it, I think we may actually shock them in the House. I think we will shock them in the House. That's the second person you've heard say that in the last, uh, what, 40 minutes? Grover said that. Now Newt said that. They're hearing something out there. They're hearing something. Senator Dianne Feinstein said today that if Democrats took control of the Senate following the November 6th elections, she would be in favor of reopening an investigation into the sexual misconduct allegations leveled against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Good, another good reason uh, not to vote Democrat. And if I know, I don't, if you're a California listener, because we've got listeners now all over the United States, then, hey, you need to tell your friends, don't vote for Feinstein. Bottom line, ladies cuckoo. She's one of those cuckoos that uh, you heard <laughs> Gingrich talking about just uh, a few moments ago. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. We've got a, another show in the box, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Tomorrow's show will be a little bit shortened by an hour. Uh, we'll start off with Jr. Uh, Jr. Davis, who is the uh, spokesperson for the governor's office. He'll do his typical Thursday hour. Then we'll have uh, St uh, State Senator 
Uh, Jason Rapert in the 4 o'clock hour, 3 o'clock hour. Ryan Norris will be with us from um, uh, the uh, Arkansas branch of Americans for Prosperity. And the uh, the women will be here tomorrow. The power panel, The Right View, will be with us. So it'll be a great uh, afternoon with all of those guests all happening and doing their thing here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I always look forward to the uh, women's power panel. Always good to hear what they have to say about things that are uh, going on here in uh, in the state and in the nation. So we'll have a lot of things to talk about tomorrow. So will Ryan, so will Jason uh, Rapert. Uh, we'll talk to him about what the uh, state Senate uh, committee is uh, talking about dealing with uh, all the corruption that went down here the last couple of years and see what uh, they've been talking about uh, doing. All right, so let's take a break. Uh, let's reconvene here at 2 o'clock tomorrow on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, ready to give you as much information as I can in the time that I'm afforded right here at 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Have Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 